You'll never grow old, Michael. And you'll never die. But you must feed. Hey, welcome everyone. My name is John, and welcome to Yours, Mine, and Theirs, our little podcast. I give you my personal assurance that this particular episode will suck more than any of our other ones. Hey everybody, this is Count Roykula, and I'm dying to podcast with my friends, the blood-sucking Brady Bunch. <laughs> and this is Zo Lorenzo Zozo, and my greeting sucks. As do these movies. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I'm glad glad we had a theme going on there. Uh, welcome, everybody. Zoe, welcome back. It's been, can you believe it's been a year? It's been since a year. Last, since the 2021 Halloween extravaganza on yours, mine, and theirs. This is this very special time of year. If you are joining us for the first time, this this may be the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked, but it, it is very <laughs> special for us because it is, you know, the start of our horror marathon. Uh, and our first sequence is three vampire movies. Not just any vampire movies, but three non-Dracula vampire movies. So we eliminated, I don't know, about four movies <laughs> from, from contention. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about. The, the movies are, really quick, movies are Vampire from 1932, The Lost Boys, the classic from the 80s, and the classic from the 2000s, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Sorry, Roy, what were you saying? Oh, no, you're fine. I just wanted to, so like, I, uh, after last year when we did these this this podcast, I decided I wanted to do non-Dracula Vampire, so I've been sitting on that one for a while, but if you'd like to know why, basically, I said to myself, what category would I need for us to watch The Lost Boys? And so here we are. No, right, but, right. Okay. Well, I could have. You could have just said, "Listen, greatest Halloween movies ever," and it would be like, "Well, yeah, it's just the three of us picking Lost Boys." <laughs> that's that's it's, true. It's pretty good. It's weird though. I haven't seen that movie in twenty years, and I was a little worried about how it would hold up. But we'll get there. But no need to be concerned. I, I can sense the <laughs> smile in your in your face. I can hear it. I can hear your, oh. your little smirk of that. But here's the weird thing: we eliminated four Dracula movies, but. And this is I, – I, I made this regret. I, I texted you guys this regret. We I should have not picked one of these movies because it's actually disqualified because it's a Dracula movie, kind of. It has, a, it has Dracula in it. It has yeah. Dracula in it, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I should have – you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm just about to explain why, why this – podcast won't be as great as it possibly could be i should have saved a certain movie for next time for girl monsters and we should have watched near dark the catherine bigelow movie to go along with our lost boys conversation mm. so I, I will say i don't know why we're why we're dancing around who chose what john you chose a uh, girl walks home alone at night that was your choice that was my choice yes yeah, so, and, uh, and, and, I, and i should be flogged because that's the one that's disqualified we'll just get that out of the way <laughs> I, that's a real technicality. It is a real technicality. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I will say I um, I love that movie. And it's the second time I've seen it. Um, uh, I'm I'm thrilled though that you picked uh, and and we already discussed this last time. So the movie you picked for next time, I'm really happy because I've been trying to watch it for a long time, and I don't know why all of a sudden it became available online, but it did, and uh, I'm thrilled that that we get to watch that. So in fact, next time I don't think I've seen. Any of the three movies we're watching next time. Oh, okay. So, well, let's yeah. 
let's talk about that for next time. We'll, we sure we'll uh, get there. We'll we'll get there. We always say that we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, Sorry for and, uh, teasing on something that we're not talking about now. But yeah. I I do want to I I do want to mention one more thing. Speaking of movies available and not available, there was a near catastrophe this week when a girl walks home <laughs> alone at night suddenly dropped off of shutter suddenly like yeah. mid watch it seems. Um, and but it is kind of cool that, that that particular movie, even though it's disqualified because it's a Dracula movie, uh, is like it's on the Criterion Channel now. So it's like kind Ooh. of got the prestige of the Criterion. Does that channel. make it even more pretentious? Yeah. Well, yes. Prestentious. Prestentious <laughs> is what I call it. Yeah. Well, I'm disappointed because I'd seen it before, but I'd never seen the Joe Bob version. So I got through his opening dialogue, and I hadn't started watching the movie yet. And then I came back to it, and it was gone. See that really sucks. I was wondering about that. I was that that's answered a question I've I've thought of for a long time because you know Joe Bob does his little Okay, by the way, Joe Bob's Drive-In is a show we watch and it's on Shutter and it just plays movies but you know instead of commercial breaks for the movies it just has this guy Joe Bob Briggs just talking about the movie and telling jokes and being kind of this like sort of hillbilly movie critic about stuff. <laughs> and, and it's really fun and we love it. And, and he's, it's, he's just so great and everything. But I was wondering what happens like, you know, with streaming services, movies go on and off. I was wondering if just his little commentary like locked a movie in to a certain streaming service because, you know, he's providing content, but Apparently, if the movie goes off the streaming no. service, so does his content. So, that's so, yes. so typically, what'll happen? Is, because I'm, you know, I am a, I can like to fancy myself as a Joe Bob expert since I've watched every episode. The typically, what'll happen is they will edit out the, they'll grab the Joe Bob content and they'll put it up without the movie. They do that. So it's yes, yes. Oh, so they, they do, did yeah. that. So the first time they did that was for Cannibal Holocaust because. There was a lot of people that Cannibal Holocaust is not a movie that they want to watch. And that might be so, me. Uh, I've seen it. I watched it four years ago, five years ago mm. for the first time. And it is one I will not be revisiting. Um, <laughs> but his commentary for it is really, really good. So that's what I ended up watching with Jen. Uh, when we were, you know, watching the episode, I'm like, hey, let's just watch the commentary. We'll wait for this episode. But that's kind of what my thought is when, um, with what they'll do when the when the content will drop, they'll typically edit things out and and put it um you know put it back up. So mm. that'll be it, it, the commentary on that is great and it really kind of shows. Listen, Joe Bob, it like like John said, it's kind of like the hillbilly redneck um movie critic. But when it comes to the artsy, when it comes to these kind of uh, these kind of movies, it's surprising his knowledge. Like he really really knows films and he really knows lots of people. So he's very able to speak intelligently to, you know, something that is prestentious or whatever the word yeah. was that, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that John made up. So his commentary on it is excellent. It is excellent. And you could tell uh -huh. how much he appreciates it. And it is definitely artsy. Yeah. So he, so the one thing I did catch is he said that it's beautifully shot, but I, I could kind of tell it, it definitely wasn't necessarily his jam. I'm surprised he gave it three out of four stars. But then again, I just watched Gator Bait, which he gave five stars to. And like that was – I wish I had that two hours back. Oh, Gator Bait. Oh, my that's goodness. Like, that was so bad. But that's like a Joe Bob exploitation favorite. Like that's one of his trash cult yeah. favorites. I haven't seen oh. it, but I can tell you that's a five-star title. 
<laughs> Dude, it's it, a third I'm of the Roy, movie. It's rough. A, a third of the movie is watching people drive boats through the swamp. It's the that's worst. a full third of the movie. And no, the acting the is a whole lot of like, uh, what's my line? So it, it's bad. It's really bad. But since since we started, want to talk about what what some movies we've seen recently? Yeah, me as well. Start starting with Gator Bait. That's that's a good start. <laughs> So I've watched 19 movies so far, which is really surprising me. That's more than I thought. But wow. um, some some highlights. I'll do highlights. Night of the Devils, which is an Italian film, which was pretty darn good. Yeah. Kill Baby Kill, um, an early like Mario it. Bava, and that yep. was really good. Spider Baby. If you guys haven't seen Spider Baby, that movie is <laughs> fantastic. Now, that's an old movie, right? <laughs> yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. Yep. Huh. Oh, man. I, I almost chose it for Girl Monsters, but it, it's, a, awesome. it's a great one. Yeah. Have you seen it, though? I have. Oh man, those girls! Holy creepy! Um, stage fright—that was pretty darn good. <laughs> uh, Demons oh, two, stage Demons fright two, is not great. As, yeah, Demons two, not as good. Not as, as good Demons, as Demons. Uh, correct. Still pretty yep. good. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Um, let's see. Speak no evil. That was something. Isn't that just so good? Oh, man, that ending. <laughs> what a treasure! Like, uh, so I, I had told Scott Steele to watch um to watch it, and he texted me, and he's like, "The issue I have with this." Is while while fantastic in nature, the reality and the gravitas of the situation seems very based in reality, and that's not going to leave me for a while. I was like, <laughs> exactly. So speaking so that, of evil, that, that's awesome. the kind of movie where you could actually like this could happen to me, yeah. right? And I probably oh, yeah, would react the exact same way. Like, what absolutely. would I do, <laughs> right? So let's see, um, Messiah of Evil, which I was so excited about, but then turned out to not be that good. It was kind of like, if you like Carnival of Souls, you'll like Messiah of Evil. Correct. I did grab about one million sound bites off of it for our Halloween album, because there's some good stuff there. Uh, and let's see, then Gator Bait. So that's what I've been up to. So that was all 19 movies? It was, and I skipped a few. Uh, I guess I'll throw them Just in there. Throw them. May- yeah. Mayhem was okay. A Bride of the Reanimator, which I liked better than Reanimator. Oh, um, no way. Really? I really okay. did. Uh, the Empty Man, which was okay. Candisha was Meh. okay. Uh, Julia's Eyes was, oh, not not great. Not seen um, it. From Beyond, which I liked Love it. better than Reanimator. It sounds oh. like, okay, what I'm getting is you hate Stuart the Gordon. Reanimator. Yeah. yeah, you don't like Reanimator. It's okay. It's Stuart Gordon kick. Yeah. Scare Package, which as far as anthologies go, it was... Like, have you seen that? Any of you seen Scare? You have, though, because you watch Joe Bob. Joe Bob, yep. Yeah, so some of the vignettes were so bad, but some of them, like the guy who turns into goo in the forest, that vignette was so good. Oh, dude, that was great. Holy uh, cow, that was good. Um, Mother's Day, which... Uh, I uh, love that. It's so trash. So it's weird because like there's like a really rough scene, like a really hard scene yeah. to watch, but the rest of it is so endearing. <laughs> like the bad guys are so endearing. You just... <laughs> anyway... You've made it um, a bunch. Yeah, so that that's uh that's what I've been up to. I I just started fried berry, um so. Ugh, yeah. not a fan. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm wow, you're making you're making word. your way through. Are you doing all? Are you doing a bunch of these like watching the Joe Bob commentary? I have a big list of horror films that I haven't seen before, and uh, some of them are from Joe Bob. Some of them are are, are uh, uh, not required, but uh, uh, recommended on the Colors of the Dark podcast. And then uh, there's a bunch of them that just come from the Rotten Tomatoes 200 highest rated horror movies of all time, which I'm working my way through that. So Oh, fun. So, okay, so uh, the question I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask the same question to John once he talks about what he's watched, which is only, it seems like, a couple of movies. But, Roy, what are two of the movies you're most looking forward to watching that you have not yet watched? From my big fat list? Yep. 
Oh, it's pulled up, huh? Well, Us. Ooh, yeah. Good I, I really, really am looking forward to watching Us. The new Evil Dead? I haven't watched the Evil Dead um, uh, okay. remake. So I'd like yeah. to give that a, a go. I, oh, Jake, Jacob's Wife. Really want to watch Jacob's Wife. And then and, House of Wax, the 2005 version, which I always thought looked really, really stupid. <laughs> but um, but uh, what's her name? Paris, uh, Paris Hilton. Paris Rebecca, Hilton. Yeah, well, Rebecca McKendry. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, she's Dr. great. Dr. McKendry. Yep, she's she great. She loves that movie. She says it looks like a throwaway film, but it's. But she says it's really, really good. So, so, so uh, <clears throat> give it a go. She's on a podcast with like Ryan Turek and uh, – I like Rebecca McKendry. She just directed a new movie that came out called Glorious. Glorious, yeah. Um, I, I really like her. She's 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 really, especially when she talks about um, when she talks about uh, like women in film. Um, she talks about like Deborah Hill and how she was instrumental in the John Carpenter's. But she's she's super knowledgeable about um, film history, especially horror, kind of the cult side of things. So she's really really a fun listen to. That's great. Okay, mm. I didn't know she loved. So I watched House of Wax, the '86 version. I watched that a few years ago, and I actually loved it. I'm like, wait a second, it's called Waxworks, and I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> this movie is a treat. I was blown away. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. The 2005 one. I'm interested to hear what you think. Mm. Okay, fun, fun. It's a good list. Yeah. Do you want me to go? I I could go really yeah. quick, and then you could. It, it it could be. This could be the measliest sandwich. Since, uh, since, you guys have you're... so much bread, and I have just a little pepperoni of of content for that. <laughs> well, you're the one that made me watch um, Speak No Evil. So, have you seen it? Uh, no, I started it. I heard Speak <laughs> oh No Evil gosh. was good. And so I told you to worst. watch it, so I didn't have to watch it. I guess. <laughs> oh man, that is great. <laughs> I just someone was saying, someone was saying on a podcast I was listening to that it was that it was that it was just disturbingly horrifying, just it disturbing. Was. Yeah. So the next time we meet a couple for the first time, and then my wife suggests, you know, we should go hang out with them again. Then I'm going to go. Ah, no, <laughs> I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. <laughs> I haven't. I don't know if any of these. This doesn't qualify at all. But um, did anybody see Do Revenge? No. Nope. Uh, uh, Do Revenge on Netflix. It's got um, uh, uh, Mendez. Mendez. Uh, I can't remember her Sam? name, but she oh, is um, Veronica in you know in Riverdale, right? The dark-haired girl in Riverdale. You guys probably don't watch Riverdale, but she's nope. really good in it. I. Hold on, I've seen a couple episodes because my my high school buddy is the showrunner and writer for it, head writer for it. Wow, oh, what? Since when? Uh, since it started. Since it started, Aaron Allen. You can look it up. Anyway, yeah. go on. Sorry. Oh go on. well, you should watch more episodes then. <laughs> I should. I uh, like what I saw. Yeah. Well. Um. Anyway, no. Veronica in in Riverdale is is one of the girls in this, and then um, Maya Hawk is the other girl and she oh, plays so like this, this lurpy weirdo. She's great. She's, she's so great. terrible in stranger things. She's oh my so gosh. Good. I haven't watched the new stranger things, but I oh, really I love her in stranger things. No, I'm you so, don't. I, the first season she was in, she was just cute as a button. She's great. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get you. In fact, I'm yeah. hanging up now. It's just Roy and I <laughs> muting the of the permanent world. mute. So I'll just be sitting here thinking I'm talking to you guys. Are like, uh-huh. Oh, good one. Good one. No, no. Do Revenge is great. It's it's like okay. this weird Heather's type high school show. Oh, which is the bus mm. genius. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it it you know about them. It's it's strangers on a train. 
these two meet up okay. and they want to get revenge on different high school people. And then it takes this twisted turn two thirds of the way through. And then it totally doesn't land the ending because the twist is great and it doesn't land it. I'll just say that. But I really mm-hmm. liked it a lot. Do Revenge okay. is really fun. I can't remember if I ever asked you. Did you, did you watch what was that? Oh, that that movie about the that came out last year about the 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 blonde girl that was getting revenge on the 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 guy that had like raped her friend or something. What was that? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking no, about? I don't know what you're talking. That sounds like a lot of movies. Let's all go to the movies. That's what I call this one. When I actually see it in the movie theater. No, is there it, it is. Is it blonde with Promising, Ana de Armas? Promising she... young woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. Promising young woman. I saw that last. No, I saw that like two years ago. I like it a lot. I, yeah, that was pretty darn was, good. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, you had me at rape. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I happened to. It's one of those weird ones where I'm not sure if I'm supposed to like it. I thought it was really interesting. I know a lot. I, I've seen like a lot of discourse. This is you know how confusing today's world is. You know, a lot of feminists really think it's great. A lot of feminists think it's garbage. And so I don't know if I can appreciate it, you know, from what I assumed was a feminist movie, but I guess I can just appreciate it because it was enjoyable. No, it was interesting because, like, it seems like her plan didn't work the way it was supposed to at the end, mm-hmm. but then it sort of did. It, have you seen it, Zoe? I have not. Okay. It, it's, Carrie it's Mulligan. Fascinating. She's good. Jo- She's John- the best. Yes. Yeah. John, since you're catching up on Halloween films, you still really need to see Malignant because – Oh, agreed. I was thinking about we that. We need movie. to be able to talk about that. And, and I'm, I like I was looking at the poster today. I'm like, oh, it's great. I finally understand the poster. Like I see the thing in the poster that I haven't been seeing all this time. I was disappointed enough in Disney's live action version of Cinderella of Malevolent uh, that yep. I don't need to see Malignant. So, <laughs> what does that have to do with Cinderella? What? Uh, it was a joke on Maleficent as a movie. So. Maleficent. No, Maleficent was awful. Cinderella was lovely, John. Malignant sounds like Maleficent. That's the, it does. That's That's the joke. That yeah. Lily James. I'll watch any movie without a girl in it. But anyway. Oh, you should watch Pam on. and Tommy then. <laughs> well, except, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, okay, so Do Revenge is the only movie I've seen. I'm counting this because I'm lacking in content. But this, I think it's horrible. <laughs> I think it's horrifying. But if, if I watched all of the rehearsal. You guys watched the rehearsal, right? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, dude! He, holy! Oh, I have seen the rehearsal. Is in that is a horror show. In the like, I just what I couldn't even. I wanted to like pull my skin off, poltergeist style, and just (laughs) dive into a sinkhole. Yeah. Okay. I'm halfway through the season with the girl who wants to pretend to be a mom. She's the worst person I've ever seen. She just finished (laughs) explaining why Halloween was evil, and it's just like, oh. Yep, she's a one crazy of those. Lady. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, in order for me to continue so living, I have decided that there is actually nothing real at all about the rehearsal. <laughs> that it's a completely <laughs> scripted show. Well, I, did, I mean, dude. The, the, he, none of that is real. It, it cannot it be real. It can't be. Yeah. Like, and, and, and when he goes, when he's in Portland and he goes into the warehouse and it's the reconstruction of the effing bar, I yeah. lost my mind. I'm like, <laughs> I can't, this can't be real. Cause if it it's is, I'm, I'm not interested in living. We're yeah. living in a, we're living in the, this is the matrix. Right, right. But I mean, the thing, the thing about the rehearsal is it is a comedy show. It's straight up comedy. It's not horror, but it is about a guy who 
who does a rehearsal for hire practice, and he hires actors um, to help people, you know, uh, deal with some problems and confrontations that they might have in real life with real people. So the actors do it, but most of the season is him recruiting very young actors to play children uh, in a potential children-bearing situation, and then the children get attached <laughs> in family ways in this rehearsal. Oh my day. gosh! And, oh man! And just, it, it's uh, just, it's just, it, it's fascinating, it's fascinating, and great, and also like it's, horrific. it's, it's yeah. weirdly the dumbest thing you've ever seen, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, it it like, and and the reason that he's doing this is right is to is to go through in a physical form and through um, through physical rehearsals as many avenues. It's like a build your own adventure, except halfway yeah. through the adventure, you keep wanting to set yourself on fire because you can't believe where the adventure is going. Well, his flow charts get insane, right? And, yeah. Dude. However, it's got the greatest. Okay. We're going to, we're going to take a page out of the Roy and John Madbeard Madsen movie podcast. And we're going to say the greatest invention in man in modern history is the laptop neck harness that he wears. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. It's good. It's right. It reminds me like the guy in TikTok who's got that harness. And then in the back, he's got the green screen. So you see him riding a bike and then you're seeing the video of him like crashing into stuff. And it's like, wait, what's going on? And why are you breathing hard? But he's got the green screen of an office up anyway. Uh, yeah. The rehearsal. Great, great, great call out, John. That that movie was insane. Or that yeah, TV show was insane. Show, yeah. yeah. Uh, OK, so, yeah. so moving on into uh, stuff I'm gonna stuff, you know the plan. The plan for what's October. the plan? Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the name of this or the the person, but one of my friends also does a podcast. I'm not gonna say who it is, just in case you know we can't like organize it and get it situated. But uh, he runs a podcast where he does like these like you know cult movie films whatever movie films. I just said movie films. Um, he he you know he talks about cult films and he always has a guest on. And uh, he said, hey, do you want to be on? It'd be great. And I'm like, yeah, give, assign me something. And so he assigned me <laughs> a movie called King Creole. And it's an Elvis Presley voodoo movie. <laughs> and and so I'm planning on watching it this weekend. And then I'm going to get in touch with him. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about it. But I am, like, really intrigued. Because you guys know, you guys were both here when we talked about the you know, blue Hawaii and you know, how I kind of, I pretty much badmouthed Elvis the whole time we were talking. Um, and I've never really considered myself a big Elvis fan, but I did just see the Baz Luhrmann Elvis. And so I'm really curious how Elvis handles voodoo. So, and I talk about a horror show that Baz Luhrmann, Hey man, could you just all over Elvis and the story and just Baz Luhrmann it up? So it's unwatchable. What the hell? (laughs) Uh, I preferred the second half more than the first half, but that's just me. Yeah, the the actor is incredible. Yeah, like absolutely incredible. You could tell, like Tom he Hanks. Yeah, spent the time. he's James. done a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Lily James <laughs> as Elvis. So uh, okay, so She's also great. on my list um, for another project I'm doing for the movie club I'm a part of. The movie we picked this time, 
that none of us had seen, so we're planning on watching it, is Halloween Kills, because I never saw Halloween Kills. I did see the original David Gordon Green Halloween, but I haven't well, seen I Halloween it. Kills. So, so yeah, Halloween like Kills, if, it, it, I mean, the, 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 uh, if you're expecting a resolution, well, you know, there, there's Halloween well, I, End. So I know you, there's, yeah, I know so there's another You already one. know that, right? Yeah. But if you just sit back and enjoy the bloodbath, Halloween Kills is wonderful. I've it is. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it, it is it is it is like what you want in a re like a reimagined like modernized slasher. That's exactly yeah. how I would characterize it. So, Roy's right. Get back, get your snack. Halloween Kills is like a modernized slasher and it's 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 really really good. It's some it's it when I'm watching Friday the 13th part 8, you know, Jason Takes Manhattan <laughs> I'm wishing it was Jay, it w- that it was Halloween Kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, so like, the, there's not a uh, there's not much of a plot, and the plot doesn't really move the story forward at all. But it is a lot of fun. It's a it is it's a lot of fun. Holy cow! There are so many people get killed in that movie. Okay, well, spoilers. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, all right then. So I've I've also <laughs> mentioned Malignant's on the list, and Barbarian is on the list. Of course. Oh my gosh! Uh, also on the list is uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. I'm curious about. Yeah. I never saw X last year, and the prequel Pearl okay. is out, and I hear good things about those. So maybe those. Also, I uh, I really want to see the Stephen King movie The Mist. I'll just say that right now. I want to yikes. see The Mist. Oh, yeah. Yikes! Spoiler. Not good. I hear it's great. I don't love it either. John, I think you should hold out hope that one of us will pick it and you should not pick it. So I'm just just, just saying. So anyway, good, John. Uh, I'm glad you're watching uh, Malignant. Then we can finally talk about it. It's been like a, a year-long gag order. I'm not, I'm not watching it. It's on my list. <sighs> okay, okay. I'm telling Katie. Well, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Has, did Katie watch all three of these movies with you? Uh, okay, Katie watched all three of these movies with me, which is great because um, last year, uh, you know, everything stopped with Suspiria. She watched the opening yeah. credits of Suspiria, and she's like, "I'm out of here." Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, but she watched all three of these, and um, she—I mean, she doesn't really, she doesn't appreciate horror movies. She just doesn't appreciate them. Uh, I think she was uh, way more engaged this time than than last year. I mean, oh. obviously, she was way more engaged, you know. And it's not like a matter of scariness or whatever. I think they're just like yeah. not her, not her thing. But I think these things were more her thing. So that bodes well for the suckiness of this podcast. Are Are we going to chase her away in the second round again? I don't. I think the second round should be fine. The third round is probably the tricky round. Although, okay. well, well, we'll, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll discuss what we have to watch next time, and you know, I'll see. Teasing. <laughs> so, Zoe, what do you watched? I watched a ton of crap. Uh, <laughs> just a ton. Uh, Barbarian stands out. Uh, but you know, I'm typically watching my lists of stuff i just watched the toolbox murders today from like 76 mm. don't not good <laughs> not good no i mean i i have come across so much crap because i'm watching as much as i can it is it's not great it's a train wreck i don't know i think i've watched i don't know 25 26 movies so far this year so i'm on a pretty good pace but um not as fast of a pace as I'd like to get, but uh, I don't have my list in front of me of the movies I'm going to watch. But um, my, the thing I'm really looking forward to is I'm going to rewatch all of the Halloweens, and then I'm going to rewatch um, 
I always save Halloween 78 for Halloween. That's my oh, tradition. Nice. Uh, I am going to watch the Halloween kills and then, you know, leading up to the uh, Halloween ends. Cause I, I really like the first two really, really like the first two. They, they totally, I, 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 I appreciate the, again, the modernization mm-hmm. of Halloween. So anyway, uh, that's probably what I'll watch. I'm, but I'm going to watch all of them. I'll watch, you know, Halloween six curse of Michael Myers with, I think Paul Rudd is in that one. It's not good. Uh, there's like a ruin tattoo. There's a ruin tattooed on Michael Myers that gives him this. It's like the dumbest you guys. It's literally the dumbest. It is so dumb. Like you're trying to create reason and logic behind Michael Myers. That's dumb. Stop it. No, it's just ruin that gives him his powers and there's a cult and I'm just, it's so done. It's yeah. so done. Anyway, so, yeah, that's the uh, that's kind of thing I'm looking forward to. I, I love revisiting the Halloween garbage movies, but mm. that's it for me. But, yeah, I've watched a bunch. All right. Well, so are we ready? Should we dig into the first round? Let's do it. Let's, okay. I'm ready. Hey. Let's do it. So, so, John, you've got the first movie, but I just want to – the opening shot at Vampire is that it is I, – I enjoy it significantly more than Nosferatu. Oh, sick burn on Vampire. That was a weird opening shot. I had it. <laughs> so it came out weird. But uh, <laughs> as far as like the 1920s, really early vampire movies, I, I I thought it was, I don't know. People have like, they hold Nosferatu in a special place, but I think this was better. But anyway. I think, John- okay, well, no, hold on. I have a <laughs> quarrel to pick with you. Okay. Because, Good, sir. Like for me, Nosferatu is successful because of the imagery and... Mm. The shadows, right? Like that German, what is it? The German impressionism, expressionism. right? Expressionism. Thank you. Uh, I was I was miss say that, but thank you for the correction, John. Yeah, the German expressionism, the sharp angles, the the heavily focused shadows, like the the creation of fear by the enlarging of the images on screen, like that to me really works. Yeah, vampire. Did not work for me uh, <laughs> relative to that. I actually think Nosferatu, I understand why people hold it in high regard mm. after watching Vampire. That was actually the thought that I had and what I said to Jen is, okay, okay, yeah, Nosferatu is more for me than Vampire. Okay. You, you, so you, misspoke, you misspoke again. You misspoke again. That's okay. That's okay. You misspoke. What? Well, no, Vampire. Vampire is better than Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so let me... Uh... Um, dang it, John! You threw me off. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Whatever. So, so you have you had never seen Vampire before? This was your first time. This was my first time. Oh, how exciting! Um, I assumed that none of us had seen this before, but we all had seen the other two. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, John, this is your movie. Well, uh, sure, sure. I I think I think Vampire works really well because I mean it's like ten years after Nosferatu. I feel like. It's one of those cases where um, it's just the right amount of progress with the right amount of like classical. Um, yeah. Because one thing that really impressed me with Vampire is just how just non-static the camera is. It's it's you know it, it was a sound movie, but I kind of get the sense that they just dubbed all sound in afterward. Yeah. And I think that kind of explains why. The camera was moving in and out of hallways, was sweeping around, was doing all this stuff, was kind of providing depth. Um, you know, kind of a you know, I like to talk about the Z axis <laughs> when I enjoy movies. It, that was 
there was a lot less just a stage that the camera was pointed at, yeah. and it's just like a camera floating around in a world. There was a lot so of that there, in Vampire. There was one shot in particular where the camera was looking out either a window or a door, and then it, it comes in backwards and it turns around, and you're just moving backwards through the room, and then things just start to happen in the room. And I thought it was a beautiful shot. Like uh, it just really stood out. Like wow, this is this is kind of a sophisticated. Agreed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was abs- uh, absolutely agreed. That that yeah. was incredible. I will say also the two thirds of the way into the movie, I had no idea who the vampire was or if there was a vampire. <laughs> so. Right. It, it's it's a little bit weird. And I think remember last time where I was just like just making sure, hey, this isn't a Dracula movie because I won't accept a Dracula movie even though I put in a Dracula movie. It did have that added aspect where it was just like this guy walks into a mystery, even though he was asking for it, you know? Yeah. He was like the Scooby gang. He, like, did all his research on torture and witchcraft and Satanism. Yeah. And he's just, I guess he just wanders the countryside, like, hoping for witchcraft and Satanism to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, well, let let me get, that's this guy. Our hero's name is Alan Gray, and he is really into devil worship and vampires. He's read every book on those things, except for one very important book that he has yet to read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he goes and he stays in this countryside hotel, and he receives a nocturnal visitor in the form of an old man who says, don't let her die. And he's like, what? Who are you? And I don't know if that guy was like a vision, or if that guy also wandered the countryside, just telling random people to not let his daughter die. <laughs> he, but it, it wasn't a vision, because he actually gives him a package that says, don't open this until I die. And he's like, okay, whatever. And so then we meet um, Geppetto and his wife, who are also residents of the hotel, but you don't know what their story is, but it turns out their story is super important. And the guy wanders over to the manor, and there's a daughter who is blood sick and she is she wants to kill herself she doesn't know what to do and her sister is really concerned about her and her father is extremely concerned about her and that's the dad that the guy saw so um one of the daughters is suicidal but smiles occasionally because it looks like she might want to eat the other daughter i think (laughs) uh and uh, Mr. Geppetto comes back, and he says, Hey, Alan, she needs your blood. And so he's like, Oh, sure, okay. And so he collects, I guess, all of Alan's blood. Like, all of it. And someone asks, Why does the doctor always come at night? Hey, by the way, so the old man gets shot. Who killed the old man? <laughs> that was... I. That's... Yes. The old, oh, did I forget... Okay, you no, forgot I, that, yeah. I, I forgot that. The old man gets shot by, I guess, like vampire Lee Harvey Oswald, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> He's shot. He's shot with a gun by an <laughs> unknown shadow. It's crazy. I'm like, wow, vampires are pulling all the stops here, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I have no idea. I have no. That was one of my unanswered questions that I was going to... Oh, mine too. Yeah. Do you have any ideas, though, who shot the old man? <laughs> I don't know what happened in this movie. And hearing John's I know. <laughs> uh, description is like, oh, yeah, no. Because like, it wasn't until the end, Jen looks at me and goes, who the hell is the vampire in this movie? And I'm I like, <laughs> here's who it is. And I kind of told her, I was like, this is what I think based on what I just saw. And she was like, okay. It, okay. it reminded me of that. It reminded me of that Pat Oswalt um, 
sketch where he's like, you know, there's people in the back saying, if this is some of that avant-garde BS, I've seen better. I've seen better, I can tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So I I don't know who shot him. I, I, that was, I have no idea. John, when you say Geppetto, do you mean the guy who looks like Einstein? Like the crazy doctor? Okay. I thought he looked like, he, well, he, okay. I thought he looked like Mark Twain. Yeah, yeah, very much. But yeah, yeah Katie totally. said he looked like Geppetto because he was wearing Geppetto's clothes, and he had. <laughs> so let me let me ask this: Is another question? Did did Alan die because all of his blood was drawn, or did he just have an out of body experience, or what happened? <laughs> I think it was an out of body experience. Maybe out of he body. did die. Maybe it, maybe that's what an out of body experience was. It was like one of those. Like it was like Tom Cruise dying in in Far and Away. When like his just body, his spirit just zooms back with the camera, kind of thing. Yeah. But as part of his near death experience, he's wandering around the countryside. He starts to piece things together. And uh, one thing, the uh, I think you know some of the gossip in the book and some you know starts to find out that the vampire. In case you guys were wondering, the vampire is Marguerite Chopin. Right? An old woman. And it was the old woman who was hanging out with the G- Einstein Geppetto earlier in the movie. And mm-hmm. Einstein Geppetto also, like, was prov- he was providing uh, poison to some of the people who were finding out and poison to the daughter. And, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the daughter was, like, under the spell of vampires. There are a lot of weird vampire rules that I think were kind of started and made up in this movie. Like, one of the, <laughs> one of the rules is that vampires can control ghosts. Um, and so, you know, and that's, that's some, something that, oh, I forgot to mention this. Finally, the since the guy was fortunately assassinated, that means that Alan could open up the book and find out like everything about vampires. For some reason, the dad said, don't open this until my death, but he should have just like shared all the contents of the book with him. (laughs) Maybe there's a chapter in there on fending off vampire, uh, rifle assassins right <laughs> right that was at the very end so yeah, yeah you know how ironic but alan once he comes out of his out of body experience he gets together with one of the other servants the servant with a hat i call him and <laughs> in this vampire story you need an iron stake to kill a vampire and you're yep. like oh yeah. iron does that work well this stake works because it's like eight feet tall Oh and- yeah, I was gonna say a stake, or is it a giant crowbar? It's the yeah. pole vault. It's an iron pole vault. You have to pole vault into the vampire's chest cavity <laughs> and spring the heart out. But that's exactly what they do. They dig up Marguerite. They spike her, and uh, you know what? Marguerite's little like familiar or her human companion, or maybe he's a vampire. I don't know. But the uh, Geppetto Einstein, he gets. They set a trap for him in like the grain mill elevator. And they drop like three tons of grain on him, and they drown yeah. him in the in flour. In the flour, yeah, uh, which was pretty great. I'm like, well, I guess that actor was <laughs> was expendable because he was literally <laughs> drowning in flour. It was really, it was really gross and crazy. And I, I'm sure he had to go to the hospital after the shoot. Um, <laughs> Five but, pounds of flour dust in his lungs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the the daughter, she survives, and the other daughter who's been kidnapped and tied up, Alan goes and unties her, and then they take a boat together, and then they float to the mm. sacred grove. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's Vampire. I thought it was a really cool movie. So can I – so um, did you know this director, I believe, is the same director who did um, Joan of Arc, right? 
Uh, you know that. I don't know that. So have have either of you seen Passion of Joan of Arc? Passion of Joan of Arc. Yep. No, I That's haven't. Like, you talk film. about it. It's, really, it's supposed to be really good, yeah. It is. It is really, really good. And so I could kind of see the same, like, uh, techniques and high quality um, cinematography and, and just some elements like that though that in this were, were really good, right? Um, but like as you alluded to, this was kind of a confusing movie. There was a loot player that I didn't understand. There was a, a giant head of Abraham Lincoln at one point. The, that was uh, okay. No, that was the giant head of the father who was killed by vampire yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, and he was he was coming was, back from the grave. Yeah, he read the chapter in the book that allows your giant head to come back to defend your daughter. <laughs> and he goes, "Show me what you got." Show me what you got. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like honestly, though, this is a movie that, as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh, you have to pay really close attention." This is not one where you can be just on the phone hanging out. No, you got to be like watching it. I rewind it several times. I was like, hold on. Well, it's practically silent. I thought it was a silent film when we started. And and then it's like, oh, no, it is a talkie. But it's kind of not a talkie either. It's practically silent. And like, especially with like the cocaine death, right? Scarface death. (laughs) You're just like, I just was like, I don't know why this is going on like this. It's there was just lots of confusion. Maybe there should have been more talking. Yeah, there should have been. Yeah, that's. Listen, maybe more exposition would have been okay. There, I would have been like, you know what? This would have been okay. It, it, it was like you used the word impressionistic instead of expressionistic before. I think this is impressionistic instead of expressionistic in that, um, like, there's a nightmare sequence in the middle of this movie, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool, but also yep. it didn't mean anything. It didn't do anything. There was no point of him. You know, dying. I think it was just there were a lot of scenes. That, so this reminds me of a movie you and I would have made ten years ago, um, <laughs> as an excuse to use some movie making techniques. Some effect, right. yeah, yeah. And so, like, because there was some really cool. It was pretty much just oh, yeah. like walking into a weird land where there is less logic because the shadows, kind of, the shadows act on their own. Yeah. Um, and they act separately from the people that are part of them. That has nothing to do with vampirism. Has no, th- there's no reason why they would do that. It's just a cool effect. There, there are some great sequences where, um, like, I really liked that Alan died, quote, died, or had the dream that he was dying because you had the sweet serpent of the rainbow sequence where they put him in a coffin with the window and he sees yeah, himself getting great. buried. That was great. Um, yeah, and and it's just it's just like, hey, let's let's. It's an excuse for horrific imagery that um, I can say, you know, I I'm I'm proud to be a part of. It was it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that that sequence where he's looking through the window of the coffin, that was, and like the shot of the church from the ground up. Like as I see that, I'm, uh, as I see that imagery, uh, I was like, oh. You know who's a fan of this movie is uh, is um, Wes Craven? No, no, no. Um, it just went for me. Uh, Exorcist. Oh, um, uh, Friedkin. Friedkin. Jeez, I can't believe I couldn't think. I I love Friedkin too. Um, anyway, but uh, no, like William Friedkin in The Exorcist and in some of his movies used that shot of the church looking up. That that looked very familiar to the to the shot in The Exorcist. Um, uh, of the church um, 
anyway, so so there was like a lot of like imagery where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like we've talked about like this is this stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. It looks incredible, and some of the things that they were doing, absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, Roy, love- you want to say something? No, so I loved. I think you're kind of alluding to this, but the shot of from inside the coffin, looking yes. through the window, and then the yes. guy has the candle that he puts down on the glass while he's going about his business. Mm-hmm. That's just pretty. That's some pretty impressive work for for this uh, for this period. Yeah. Anyway, I I I, uh, I thought it was. You know, it's funny. You um, you in order to know what's going on, you do have to pay attention, like you said. But also, I feel. Like, oh, okay, now that we've all seen it, just put it on the background. Just have it be your Halloween screensaver yeah. from now on. Oh, it'd be, it'd be a great, a great <laughs> Halloween party That's background great. movie, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, but I That's will say, great. like, I watched it, and then I, I I had to read the plot in Wikipedia. I'm like, that's what was supposed to have happened? That's what they think just happened? So, um, so no, it was interesting. I will say that the shadow stuff was really cool. And so there's your um, Peter Pan Lost Boys tie-in right there. Yes. Um, anyway, um, but vampire. Okay. I'm glad glad we watched it. That was a, that was that was good times. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I saw it too. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I've got the Criterion Blu-ray. I think I've got Passion of Joan of Arc too. That's such um, a great movie. But but here I'm excited to watch the bonus features because I'm interested to see what they are. If we ever do movies that take place in real time, then I might force us to watch Passion of Joan of Arc. I'm down. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then. Cool. Well, speaking of good times, as in gonna have a good time tonight, rock and roll music gonna play all night. The next movie oh, do, is The Lost Boys. Do you want to know why I picked it? Are we getting Zoe? Why did you pick a uh, vampire? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never honestly, like I said, I, I thought I'd seen it before, but I'd never seen it. Influential, important, early works. It's one of those ones that, again, vampire movies that don't have Dracula and rely on that, um, which I want to talk a little bit about because this is an important genre that you chose. Like this, this subject of movies is very important that you chose. You may like, I have some, listen, I've been reading David S. Skull and I've been reading his books for a while, but I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. So anyway, vampire was a very interesting movie for me. Okay. Very good. I've been trying to watch this one for a long time and it's weird how these movies that we've decided to watch for Halloween this year are suddenly available and I've been looking for them for years. So I'm, I'm happy. So if you, I chose the lost boys because it rocks. Uh, Zoe, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of dying by fire there, that's how we tie it in the John of Arc uh, r- real quick. I want to have a little bit of a, I'm going to have a little bit of a rant here about why I love this, about why I love this, this genre. So especially in the early part of the, you know, 1900s, um, one of the reasons that they made vampire movies without Dracula is because the Bram Stoker family was very – the widow, she was very protective of the rights, and she was very discerning. She she personally okayed the, uh, the, the London play uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Dracula that starred a non-English-speaking Bela Lugosi. Um, she had to personally okay that. So there was a number of different issues with getting the rights to Bram Stoker's Dracula. So a lot of these people that held, you know, Dracula in high regard and wanted to make movies about Dracula ended up just going the route of the non Dracula vampire story, uh, because they didn't have the rights to Dracula. So it's, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting kind of sub genre, um, and we see a lot more of that at the early part of 
kind of the early part of the 1900s uh, because, again, the widow was very protective of the rights. And when the play came over, Universal loved the idea of featuring Bela Lugosi as Dracula because of the success of the London play. The play here in America didn't do so well. So that's what Universal – that's when Universal pursued uh, through the individuals that created the London play the rights – to Dracula, you know, through Bram Stoker's widow. So anyway, super interesting, but a really important genre because when we think of vampires, we do think of Dracula, but there's this whole other side of it that is linked to copyright and linked to IP that we don't ever think about. So when you're looking kind of the early part of the century, there's tons of vampire movies, but there's only a few Dracula movies, right? And, and those are all made by Universal. Anyway, so uh, I'm, I'm glad Is that, that the case. This. Is every movie that has Dracula as a character, does Universal own the right to that character? I believe they do. I believe well, they do. Well, the Hammer movies, right? That's not Universal. Um, there, There is a, I don't know, Skull talks about that. There, there's kind of this... Um, it's just an American like, thing? Universal. Like a dual, well, it's like a, it's like a dual, it's like a dual rights kind of thing where Hammer Studios, they had to, I don't know, they had to work with the widow directly to this, and she was able to, you know, they were able to, they were able to kind of license that in a way that didn't conflict with, did not conflict with um, Universal, but Universal, uh, I believe, with Hammer Studios also. Uh, once there, w- I, th- I think once they started to do like American distribution, they then leased the rights to Hammer Studios to use Dracula. Hmm. It's been a while since I've since I got that far uh, in the book, but he he kind of talks about that. It's really interesting. Uh, anyway, okay, so um, cool. Lost well, hold Boys. on, hold on, real quick, um, Andy Wilson, if you're listening, uh, you're looking for new franchises to do, and I'm a big fan of the Universal uh, monster movies. So there we go. Oh, All yeah. right, Zoe, your turn. No, and the Universal Monster movies go from, what, 31 to, like, 59, 60, 60, 1960. They span tons, and there's not a lot of – there's a lot that aren't as popular. Um, But, yeah, yeah, yes, Universal Monster movies, they're freaking – they're amazing. So, Lost Boys, uh, honestly, the summation of Lost Boys is it's – it is Peter Pan. Yeah story of Peter Pan and the Lost Boys as vampires, uh, and then you throw in Vampire Hunters based off of uh, the idea of a comic book serial, right? So the the mom is Wendy, right? Diana Weist is Wendy, and uh, well, what's his uh, what's the name? Max. Who's the main? Max, thank you. Yeah. He's, he's Peter Pan, right? And Kiefer Sutherland and Marco, who's my favorite, <laughs> Marco. They're the band of Lost Boys. This has got a great cast. You've got uh, you've got Jason Patrick as the older brother. You've got Corey Haim as the younger brother, and they're moving with their mom to Grandpa's house in Santa. What is it? It's Santa, Santa Carla. Carla. Thank you. It's Santa, it's Santa Cruz, Carla. but Santa Carla. Yeah, it's Santa Cruz, Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 any one of the Santas, Santa cities <laughs> in California. But it's Santa Carla. I, I mean, essentially, they filmed it at. I think the the Santa Monica Pier is. No, that, it's a, that that's opening, the Santa right? Cruz boardwalk. Yeah, that's, Santa Cruz. Oh, is that Santa Cruz? They filmed it in okay. Santa Cruz. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it, they, it is Santa Cruz. 
mom went through a rough divorce, split up. They're moving in with grandpa. Grandpa is a kooky old timer who likes stuffed. Some of the most terrifying imagery in this movie <laughs> is the stuffed creatures he has. Um, and essentially like any good, like any good eighties movie, the kids are left to their own devices for the yeah. most part. Right. She's more like ET mom. Hmm. She's not so much like, Goonies parents, right? So there is some adult supervision, but they go to the fun, the boardwalk, there's carnival. They end up meeting some rapscallions, the Lost Boys, who are vampires. And of course, Jamie Gertz is the heartthrob. She's so lovely. And I have a great theory that I wish if I could travel back in time, it would be the one change I would make. And that would be to put Jason Patrick in the movie Twister so that he and Jamie Gertz have a history. And Bill Paxton, right, who was in Near Dark. So there's a ton mm. of vampire potential in that. Twister you know, needed more vampires. It, honestly, this group of misfits, this group of lost boys, they end up taking in you know, Jason Patrick. And he gets tricked into, not tricked, but kind of peer pressure into being a vampire yay and peer pressure that darn peer pressure like i I wish i would have been peer pressured into turning into a vampire they should have showed the lost boys you know at all those dare assemblies we had in elementary school like see (laughs) this guy accepted a drink and now he's a vampire (laughs) this is don't do drugs kids why you'll turn into a vampire oh i thought i thought those were only noodles (laughs) <laughs> um, so you kind of see how they grow and kind of pull in these, let's call them latchkey kids into, you know, kind of into their fold, right? This is kind of their, this is kind of their multi-level marketing recruiting. But here's the thing, Michael, his, who's played by Jason Patrick, his younger brother, Sam, played by Corey Haim, he's made friends with Corey Feldman and another, another. I can't remember what the what the other actor's name is, but he plays Alan, non Corey actor. Yeah, a non Corey yeah. actor it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So the, the the two Frog Brothers, right? They're the vampire hunters based off of these horror comics, right? And they get together, and they're the whole time they're in they're in Sam's ear, telling him, "Hey." Your brother is possibly a vampire. There are vampires here. There's tons of missing kids, which we see. This is a haven for vampires. It's like, dude, that's not a thing. And then they start to get suspicious when Michael's out late and you start to see him slowly transform, which is realized when he's in, when he's standing in front of a mirror. And he's like, you're a, you're one of those, you're one of those, what does he call him? Blood sucking. Creature of the night. No, no, no. He, he. what is Corey Haim's quote he, when he, he calls describes him my, a, um, a GDS sucking vampire? S, that's yeah. what he calls him an S sucking vampire. That's the best. Yeah. Right. So, so this whole time, right? You're like, oh, okay. You know what? I, I feel for mom. She's awesome, right? Who can't? Who who doesn't love Diane Weist, right? You're like, you know, oh, I she, want. Her. She plays the exact same character again in every movie in Edward Scissorhands, right? It's the exact 100%. same character. Yeah. yeah. The the kind of doe-eyed mom who mm-hmm. always puts her kids first, right? So she starts to develop an affinity for this guy, Max, and they have some failed dates due to some circumstances. But the second date, they start to be suspicious that, oh, 
Max is a vampire. Okay, we're going to just give him some stuff to try him out. So they give him garlic, and it's kind of ruined by the boys. But Max looks at it like, oh, these kids don't have a dad in their life. That's why. I can never replace your dad, right? So they start to kindle this really great relationship out on a date. Well, it comes to a head when the Frog Brothers, Sam, Michael, they go into the cave, which is a former hotel sunken by an earthquake. There's also like a huge reverence for the doors in this, which as a huge Doors fan, I loved. <laughs> uh, but it makes you wonder if Jim Morrison was a vampire. vampire. Yeah, but he ended up, poor guy, he ended up dying. Oh, so sad. Uh, so anyway, so they're in this hotel. He got pole vaulted in the heart. <laughs> he got pole vaulted in the heart. So then, uh, you know, they they're, they go into the lair. They... Aw, aw, spoiler, aw, they kill Marco, aw. Uh, while he's hanging there going to sleep season, they try and rescue the star and Laddie, who's a missing child um, that they have turned as a vampire as well. I don't think you star, mentioned course, star yet, but star is... You mentioned Julie Gertz. So, Jamie Gertz, yeah. Jamie Gertz. We should mention the rules, because this is kind of weird vampire rules in yeah. that... The steps are you have to drink blood, which which Star has and Michael has and Laddie has, but you're not a real vampire until you've murdered someone. Until you've murdered someone. I, yep. I wondered about the rules because we don't really see it in action. Uh, I don't know if – like because do you have to murder them and drink their blood or do you just – Maybe. Like, like what if what if you like – what if you like shove someone off a cliff? Like that doesn't turn you into a vampire. I don't. I don't know, but I mean, so that's why they take Michael out to the bonfire and they slaughter all the surf Nazis, right? Because Michael's supposed to get his first kill. But also, <laughs> when Michael and Star have their have their um, their romantic moment, that's when Star was supposed to kill Michael. Star was supposed to kill Michael. Which yeah. I'm going to go ahead and ask this right now. I don't know if I understand the plan because, hey, it turns out, Matt. Okay, you know, I'm just going to say it. Max is the head vampire. He, yeah. they, their suspicions were correct. He's ordering David around, but he is also the secret that David has been keeping from Star. And so David told Star to kill Michael. So either Max, through like a series of commands, told Star to do the wrong thing, or was David trying to get Michael out of the way because he wanted attention from his father figure, Max, and so he told Star to kill Michael. Well, it's hard to say. Maybe, you know, they just like, well, out of these two, we're going to get one of them to be a vampire. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Convoluted rules, but that doesn't surprise yeah. me since, you know, um, this is absolutely the most Schumacher joint that ever Schumachered. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> it's beautiful. It's it, it it is like it's it's so great. So, yes, Max is the head vampire. They end up killing Michael up. Oh, or not, they end up, sorry, they end up killing David, who you're like, oh, Kiefer's the head vampire. Nope, because it didn't change it back. Then there's the big battle with Max. Uh, Thorn, of course, his dog, you know, throughout the entire show, you're like, oh, what's this Thorn? Why is he aggressive? Well, Thorn is obviously Max's guardian, right? The, the, the werewolf underling, right? They've modernized that, which is so genius. One of the best almost, fi- is it the final line in the movie? It is, right? It is right? the final line. It's such a it good the final, final line. line. Yeah, It really is. And it's like, uh, oh, of course, I can't remember it offhand. Oh, I got it. Yeah, a thousand you times. Know, say it right. Say one it. thing I never could stomach about Santa Carla is all the damn vampires. All the yeah. damn vampires. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, listen, here's the thing. This movie is... 
this is like again this is when i try and like john and i, I think watch this every year um this is this movie is just so fun and it's awesome and it's so schumachery but one of the things i really love about it is i really love that i think schumacher does a really good job of capturing uh the the sense of adventure right like the imagination of the two Corys, you know yeah. the frog brothers and sam and i think for me that's why I look at it with such not reverence, but kind of, it is such a nostalgic love for this. movie. Like I have such a nostalgic love for this movie. Um, and I, and I think it's because the way that Schumacher captures, Hey, listen, there's real danger around here. And it's like, well, you know, all the adults are kind of like vampires. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's like, no, we know it's dumb. Even Sam himself laughs and goes, I'm not much into horror comics. Right. And the frog brothers are like, no, this is a survival guide. So that like this this impending danger danger and the fact that it also captures the imagination of these young kids that to me is why I love this movie so much and it's still we have Tim Capello the bare-chested saxophone player who is so iconic like everything <laughs> about this movie hits and is absolute fire it slaps as yeah. the young kids say Okay, so, thank you. Let, let me ask a question uh, real quick. I, I have a, a one small quibble because Max makes the point that he has to be invited into the house, right? I'm not coming in until you invite me. So when did all the other Lost Boys ever get initially invited into the house? Because they just come right on in. No, no, no. I have an answer for this. Okay. This is this is the way I understand that to be. I'm happy to I, – I would love to hear an answer. Go ahead. Okay. When Max was invited in, that oh. renders them powerless, and so it renders – everything else about vampires powerless that's why you breaks see down the whole max barrier for all of them the, that's the why you can see max in the mirror that's why garlic didn't affect him that's why the water didn't affect him but the other vampires they were not invited and they were so they weren't protected by the invite they could be killed easily with it, by their invasion is that something you read, or is that a John thing that John decided? It's something I watched and was told to me by the movie The Lost Boys. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, it's interesting because we've had this discussion multiple times about, like, the 80s film, right? We've, we've, and I think we kind of, I've settled on uh, Back to the Future, but honestly, this might be the, the 80s film. This is such a wonderful example of everything that was great about uh, the 80s. This is a, a fantastic 80s movie. Um, I would have. It's missing a little bit of synth, maybe, but I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, okay, one thing. Here's here's something I wanted to bring up when you when you were talking about the last line of the movie. Did you guys uh, read the quick theory? And I'm like, well, maybe it's like one of those movie theories that Grandpa is also a half vampire. And oh. what he's been doing, that's why he's taxidermying all the animals, is because he's drinking animal blood. Oh, that's what, the, that's what the root beer is. And so, like, that's why he's oh, so aware. Oh, he says, don't take on. anything out of my shelf. Don't take anything out of my shelf. Yeah, he was, like, making very sh- sure that, you know, they, they're not messing with his stuff. That is amazing. Yeah. Holy that, f- That's funny. That, that's that interesting. That is great. That yeah. is great. Yeah. So oh. I, I do want to say... Uh, two things I want to say about this movie. One is that Corey Haim, this may, I don't. He can't close this his is, mouth. He can't close his mouth. That's true. He's yeah. a he's a he's a mouth breather. Yeah. But this this <laughs> might be his best acting performance in any Corey Haim film I've ever seen. 
I think he does a really great job in this movie. And then the other thing is that it's been over 20 years since I saw this movie and it super stands up. Like I, I loved watching this film. Good. It, it does stand up. I think, it I think does. I have watched it in the past where I'm like, uh, and I was a little bit, uh, I don't know who knows, but I think there's something about watching the lost boys in the year 2022 where I'm like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is <laughs> this is this is totally where it's at for me. Okay, and I wanted to bring this up because Zoe, you went on the big long thing about Dracula and how people associate vampirism with with Dracula and everything. I kind of feel like this is a big turning point where vampires culturally, like, because there were non Dracula, there were a lot of non Dracula movies before the Lost Boys, but I think the Lost Boys was like, we don't need Dracula. We don't need to reference Dracula. From now on, like, Dracula is now a minor vampire. Because after Lost Boys, Dracula is a kitsch past relic of, of vampirism. Because after Lost Boys, you know, that's when, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer happened. And that's when Twilight happened. And that's when, you know, a girl walks home alone at night that only has a passing reference to Dracula. I, th- I feel like Dracula we'll, we'll was extinct there. starting in 1987. Yeah. So it, did you do you, you guys watch the history of horror with Eli Roth? Uh, so there was the vampire episode, right? Mm-hmm. And they spend a good amount of time on Twilight. And I didn't know this. I guess I should have known this. Twilight is the highest grossing vampire movie of all time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, all these. I mean, I wouldn't have expected Lost Boys or uh, Salem's Lot or you know any yeah. of the any of the Draculas because you know it's like you know us horror freaks aren't you know. Uh, yeah. We're not well, in mass at the mall, like you know. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Brom, like the the Brom Stoker's Dracula, you know, Francis Ford Coppola. That that was that felt a bit more again, like that was kind of twilighty <clears throat> yeah. in in the kind of romanticism of 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 Dracula and vampires, and it was a bit more mainstream, um, especially with the dark stuff that they had going on in that movie. But you know, Francis Ford Coppola for sure like sold his soul on that one because I think I, I I think Bram Stoker's Dracula did really well, but yeah. that was like a a very commercialization like it was a commercialization of Dracula and fairly insane. Like when I when we watched it, that movie doesn't stand up like this movie does. Yeah. So let me tell you what I don't like about Bram Stoker's Dracula. Or did you guys have the the did you get to watch um was it dracula untold no was that the name of the movie a few years ago i didn't see it, it well, oh, it's awful yeah, it's awful it right terrible. like as, as universal tried to to launch their dark universe which could have been so oh. great if they had just could like if they had just redone the classic horror movies instead of the crap that they did right but so here's my problem with with a lot of dracula movies is when they try to make him a tortured soul or they try to make him sympathetic or they try to give him like a backstory for us to relate to, and I don't care. Um, I just want a really scary Dracula. Agreed. So absolutely yeah, agree. no, no. I yeah, I don't want. I don't want sympathy. Like yeah. that's that's uh, and you know you know, it, it, you know far be it for me to to like expect certain things from the monsters that I deal with, but that's yeah. not going to help him become a monster. No, not at all. And I and I feel like these movies where Dracula's like, I hate who I am, and I wish I wasn't Dracula. And like, well, you know what? Go watch a sunrise. Yeah. And uh, problem solved, right? So, but anyway, um, I will say. Ah, Wait, hold on. That's the perfect matchup: Julie Delpy, (laughs) Ethan Hawke, and 
Gary Oldman as Dracula in Richard Linklater's Go Watch a Sunrise. (laughs) That was a rough joke. So let let me tell you something I don't like about the Lost Boys, and a lot of vampire movies do this, and I hate it. Um, When like the they turn into vampires, they get like the the ridges on their faces and they turn into demon faces. And I just don't think it's necessary. So there's a, a great movie maybe you've heard of called a girl walks home alone at night. And when she turns into a vampire, nothing changes but the teeth. And, uh, that's a great and my segue. personal philosophy is that's exactly how I, I, I do. I do have a, a quibble with that before, before you go on with that though, I just have to quickly He's say wrong. big battle with, you know, uh, the gen- like I mentioned the generational change, of of vampire movies, Dracula was sexy in a very stately way. Lost Boys is sexy in a very next generation way. In a a very dude bike biker, um, awesome dude teenager way. You know yeah. that that just Stated. hadn't existed before, and they really emphasized the whole. You know, it, you know, it's it's kind of funny. You know when. Old people like us, we talk about how the best times of our life was those times in high school when, you know, you're, and maybe you live in Santa Cruz, maybe you live next to a roller coaster, and maybe that summer you had where you stay up late, hanging out on the beach, going to the roller coaster, getting into trouble, that was the best year of your life, and just the appeal of just like, hey, you know what, what if this summer near the roller coaster never, ever ends, and uh, I don't know, it's just... It taps mm. into that. It's great. Yeah. Well, all right. Are you guys ready to talk about uh, the best Iranian vampire movie I've ever seen? I think so. Oh, snap. <laughs> okay, so John says that there's Dracula in this movie. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it really counts. It doesn't disrupt the the, the genre. I think we're okay. The, anyway. it's, it's interesting. The word Dracula is mentioned in this movie, but mentioned. the word vampire is not. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. So, um, this movie filmed in the ugly parts of California, <laughs> not Iran, but ugly California. So uh, the Taft, the, Taft, California. Taft, California. Yeah. So the plot here is that you uh, you have this uh, girl vampire who walks the streets at night. She kind of has her own way. And by the way, I think she is fed on this whole town because there's only three people in this town. <laughs> like this city's just empty, right? But there are fifty people in a ditch. Yeah, there's 50 people in the ditch. So I, I'm assuming that she's that's her, right? Um, I, I don't know. I was going to ask that question. Is that just all dead bodies because they live in a terrible place? Like These are like the victims of vampires and pimp drug dealers and just whoever else, or is it just her? And living in Taft, California, you yeah. never know what could happen. So anyway, our main guy, I guess, his name is Arash, mm-hmm. and he's got a really nice car. I also don't understand that, how he afforded that car in the first place but he has a he has a father or a grandfather he has an old man he's taking it care took of that six is, years of pruning to get that car. pruning i know okay so his father is a junkie and does heroin and the drug dealer is a guy whose name is the pimp mm-hmm. and uh, he has tattooed on his face in farsi pimp so you know in case you're you're confused uh so he comes to the house i was confused de- by the farsi Okay, he demands payment for all the drugs, but there's nothing to pay him with, so he steals Arash's car. Uh, on his way he home in the car... He goes and buys Morrison Hotel. Sorry, that was <laughs> <Yeah>. right there. <laughs> Very good. On the way home, he finds one of his ladies, 
and uh, you know he's he's rude to her, and then he brings her in the car, and he gets himself a freebie, and then he kicks her out of the car because he notices the hot vampire girl, and he's like, "Hey, want to come back to my place?" And then uh, you know uh, they do, and it's pretty cool because she gets to watch him curl weights. Uh, she gets to look at all of his tiger skin paintings and rugs, and uh, she gets to watch him dance, and all that's all good. And then uh, she also gets to bite off his finger and kill him. It was so satisfying. <laughs> it's funny because I, I watched this movie a couple years ago, so I had seen it before. When when the girl kills the pimp 15 minutes into the movie, I was kind of like, I remember the movie ending with her doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it, the rest of the movie was new again to me. Okay, so anyway, uh, Arash gets his car back, uh, and he gets an enormous amount of drugs that he starts selling. Uh, there's a cat involved in all this, by the way. Uh, the cat owned by the old man, and then the drug dealer steals it, and then the old man gets his cat back. It's important to know where the cat is. The cat is is the plot, follows the cat. Anyway, Arash, uh, now that he's dealing drugs, also goes to raves, and he gets totally stoned at this rave where he has come dressed up as Dracula. Yeah. And we know it's Dracula because on his way home, when he's unable to get home by himself, he runs into the girl. Her name is the girl. And he calls himself Dracula. She invites him into her house, which is weird because you're not supposed to invite Dracula into your house. And now she's powerless against him. They listen to some music. She yeah. doesn't kill him. So that's good. They're kind of falling in love. Who does she end up killing? Oh, yeah. She kills the old man because the old man who got kicked out of Arash's house went and found uh, girl, and then forced her to take drugs. <laughs> she kind of like, only kills bad people, right? Or she, she, she's, she's like, like the Dexter of Iranian vampires. She's like Santa Claus. She has a list. <laughs> she's which, she's like the you said, is like because it's the smallest town that ever was in. What did you say, Taft, California? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's almost like a weird Twilight Zone episode. There are like. Four or five people in the entire town because ultimately everybody is bad. Like, yeah. you know, and it's just like human, right? No one can be perfect. And so, I mean, she was judging that little kid on the skateboard, right? Like, I will come after you. Yeah, I, I will suck out your eyes, I think she says to this kid. She's just warning oh, yeah. the kid of the like type of person she is. She's like, always be a good boy or I'll kill you. Yeah. So, uh, in the end, our friend Arash uh, goes to her house after he finds that his grandpa has been killed. And he says, we got to get out of here. Let's uh, pack up. And she doesn't, like, not a word, right? She's like, okay, packing my bags. Mm -hmm. She's leaving her super cool pad behind. Um, and She's, then, like, regaining her innocence through him, maybe? Because... Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. On the way... Uh, out of town, or like before they go out of town, uh, the cat, she grabs the cat because she wants to take the cat with her. She she stole the cat when she killed the old man. Yeah. So now Arash knows that she killed her... She killed... Is it his father? His grandfather? Who is it's this? It's his father. It's his father. So he knows that she killed his father and so he has to pull the car over and walk around for about 10 seconds to think it over and then he gets back in the car and he's good. He just feels too stupid to break it off now. <laughs> they've gone too far <laughs> yeah this is awkward i know you killed my dad you, but i guess i'm just not gonna up? bring it up <laughs> <laughs> so um i really love this movie though i think it's beautiful uh, to to look at and it's it's weird because it's supposed it's all in persian but there's a lot a lot of italian 
uh, style in the film with the music. And I guess you could say this is sort of a Western. It's kind of a spaghetti Western feel to it, right? Um, but I love her look. I, I love how she just yeah. looks like ink floating across the screen on some of the scenes. And I love her striped shirt. And and uh, and I, I think that, uh, I don't know, I just well, I, I think that this movie is very well made. Well, speak, yeah. Speaking of Dracula, right? Yeah. It's like wh- when you think of a you know Muslim burqa, you kind of think, I mean, it's an honorable thing to wear a burqa. And I don't know all the details. And I know, you know, a lot, you know, the, the, the women are very proud and honored to wear it. And it's like this religious sure. thing. But it's also, you know, to outsiders especially, it's kind of considered a an outfit of, of subjugation and, you yeah. know, for lack of a better word. But to, like, take that outfit and say, hey, you know what, this person, it, and use it as a villainous cape like Dracula, yeah. it really turns that around. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple scenes where she's on the skateboard, and, and you, it's almost like wings, right? It, it like, comes up into, mm-hmm. into wings. And I love her black and white striped shirt, too. So Yeah, um, yeah. So this, th- this movie, like, that's the thing. that So I've seen this movie a couple times. Uh, I watched it once uh, years ago, and then I watched it again with the Joe Bob... The thing about this movie is it seems like it should be filmed like how Bigelow filmed Near Dark, very gritty. And like, you know, there's it's like they scratched the film right when they when they were editing it um, or like Point Break. Right. Like there's a lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of like physicality in how they shoot it. This movie was shot in such a way that it was like. I'm Amanpour, right? Isn't that her name, the director? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, Lily Amanpour. She's her eye for like just capturing something as bleak as this in such a beautiful way. It feels like out of place, but it works really well um, with the, with the choice to go black and white. Um, I think if this movie was color. That would have been a disservice. Just hearing you describe how how she looks when she's riding her skateboard, where like that is a perfect example. The ink, right? Like I just this movie because she chose to shoot it in, or film it in black and white just works so well with the aesthetic, and it's gorgeous. It, it's so it is weird gorgeous. Just how perfect the black and white is. Like yeah. it, I I can't even. You think you know most movies I see in black and white, there are parts in the movie. Where I'm like, ah, this is just seems so less by ha- like. There's at least one part of every movie where I'm like, ah, this is. It, I notice it's black and white. It just seems like it doesn't seem to to really fit. You know, some, sometimes the contrast is too minimal and it's just too many grays and not enough contrast. Too many grays. Yep, yeah, exactly. But this is just, um, yeah, just what a great. It's okay. You it know is. what? This might be my favorite black and white movie of the 21st century, maybe. At least as far as the black and white aspect, I think. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Um, no, it's she. So one of the things I think she does really well in this, and I think I think uh, John, you either you or Roy talked about it. Um, like one of the, I think one of the key elements of um, of vampirism is it's such a perfect allegory for drug use, drug addiction. Mm. Yeah, right. Like. You know, we see this, you know, like the thirst and, you know, there's this, you know, there's the earth. No, not the thirst. I think it's called thirst. Um, but like it, it's such a great, she captures it in such a way where you feel and you understand the need 
for blood, right? Something as horrible as sucking the eyes out of a kid on a skateboard and threatening that. But when you look at drug addiction, you'll do anything for the next score. And so while it's one of the most beautiful films ever, there's such a rawness to the actions of the character and the desires of the character that is so well captured. Um, unlike what was the Jim Jarmusch movie, vampire movie? Last that was lovers douchey, pretentious. Only, oh lovers my gosh, that movie was, yeah. only lovers left alive. That movie was just the douchiest. And <laughs> I feel like had he focused more on the rawness of addiction and using the vampirism as an allegory, I think it would have been a much more successful movie. But I think that's one of the reasons I love this movie. And I like coming back to it. Um, is is how she captures that? You know, it, it's this is this is a tangent. I like that that you think of vampirism as drug addiction. I always think of vampirism as mm, uh, social addiction isn't the right thing, but but you know, just just rela- the real life relations of someone. Okay, sorry, I'm gonna go back around. Mark Marin has this joke that I really like. Uh, where he says, uh, you know, I only have two friends. Everybody only needs two friends. You just need one guy for when, for when you've drained the other guy. That's why you need two friends. <laughs> and so I, I think of that like, uh, you know, the type of person that has, that is not, just not giving, you know, not, Someone who only exists to take from other people is yeah, like yeah. is is you know the way of, I've always like interpreted like the meaning of vampirism anyway. Interesting, I you know there there's I, that that's hmm. that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't considered that that aspect of it, the social aspect of it. Um, one one of my favorite one of my favorite interpretations of vampirism is in. Uh, the show "What We Do in the Shadows," where Colin is the energy vampire. Energy vampire, yeah. And that—that that to me is such a brilliant allegory because we know people like that. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes I ramble on, and that's what I'm doing is I'm sucking everyone's energy out. But um, that—that's interesting. I hadn't considered. That's a great Mark Maron joke. I hadn't considered. I hadn't considered the social aspect of it. That's. That is that that is so interesting because I look at it like yeah like you said like the drug addiction side of things and I think she does it really smart but the social side of things okay that's listen I that that's great now, I'm going to be looking at it through that lens that's really good <laughs> but but this particular movie I mean I think it it is something different I think this particular movie is maybe just a little bit more about like just power dynamics. Um, uh, like this is the person in town in the town called Bad City. It's just, it's just. I guess the city is not good. Is really what the <laughs> name of the town is. Um, but this is That's this the is the, this is the most powerful person in this city, and you know, the the evil in the city enables her to just kind of feed at will. Yeah, uh, and, but, and so but- yeah. Interestingly, right, she's a woman in Iran, so she's already sort of a second-class citizen, right? And the whole title of the movie is like, uh, what are you doing walking by yourself at night? You're a woman, right? Yeah. And But like you said, like, she owns the night, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, That's yeah, awesome. It's, 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 it's such purchased. a smart movie. Yeah, it's just yeah. everything, everything is. is just kind of flipped around. And, but, but where are they really? I mean, they're speaking Farsi. Yeah. And, but like, like I don't know, I don't know if at what point 
like Iran was like this. You know, maybe like in the 70s, Iran was a little bit more like this. I mean, I understand it's uh, it's kind of under more uh, heavily influenced religious martial law at the moment. So, Yeah, I well, mean, I've never this? been to Iran. I'm not aware so, of how many raves there are, so I don't know. <laughs> per, like, so I, I, you know, I started my mission in um, I started Iran. My mission in Houston, in Iran. Iran! Iran so far! Uh, so I... I met a lot of Persians and they had a lot of American influence. And I think that, you know, post, we always think of Iran Contra, right? But like, that was the thing about, that was the thing about Reaganism. Honestly, Reaganism, right? Was the, was the Western ideals and the ideology of capitalism and Western culture kind of pushing themselves into, into different cultures, especially one like Iran, right? Like a very, restrictive culture um uh, again that we've had issues with and long-standing issues with but so when i was looking at this i was like oh this had to have been like late 80s right like when we start to see that western cultural revolution where you know bruce springsteen is kind of bruce springsteen madonna michael jackson are kind of superseding any sort of physical walls or any sort of cultural religious walls um around you know kind of around whatever what freedom of speech and all this other stuff in a very muted society. Maybe I'm just rambling again. Sorry, but well, that, that's one of the brilliant things about this movie that I loved is that you're giving power to someone who is in a culture where they are powerless. Right. right? And, and that, that to me is so smart, but we also see that she is still subject to her own. She's still, she's still, she's still powerless against her own like desires, right? That's what's so smart is you've got the most powerful person who doesn't have actual power when you look at the fact that they are slave to yeah. their own desires and what they, you know, need, crave, whatever. So I, in I, really, much the same so, way that Tim Capella was a slave to the music. And we are all slave to Tim Capella. <laughs> and and a slave to the grease. But the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I just you know just speaking of that I just really love that I guess her weakness isn't some uh you know it's so uh, cuz she's a really sexy vampire but the movie isn't about sex like so many other vampire yeah. movies are it, it's like the thing like her weird weakness her weird you know when she lets her guard down isn't like because she's weak in the knees, like that other girl says of Arash when he's in her room, you know, and talking yeah. about how inappropriate it is. Like, she's not weak in the knees sexually. It's it's like the most innocent 13-year-old sense of, like, crush and love and what that is that kind of that switches her around. But it's still not enough, like, where at the end, when Arash is, is running off with the, the woman he knows as a murderer and who murdered someone close to him, like... Uh, it's it's important enough to him, but he – it's like how open is this relationship? How uncertain is what they're doing with that knowledge that uh, she's that innocent and that murderous at the same time? Like, yeah. yeah. I can't so wait for the sequel, which, which, although it would be dumb to make a sequel with the movie. Which couple is going to last longer, Arash and the girl or uh, our two friends from uh, Let, Let Me In? Right, yeah. Or yeah, very Tim Capello and his saxophone. The <laughs> Oh, they're never getting divorced. No, no. <laughs> so, so, interestingly enough, Katie picked this as her favorite movie of the bunch. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Do we have more poll results on these movies? Lost Boys uh, doubles up as first place, and then Vampire with two votes. <laughs> the who are our artsy folks? Uh, Richard Templeman and Brooke Haim chose Vampire. Interesting. And then uh, let's get the bros votes. I'm just kidding. But anyway, yes, it is Josh Fillmore and Mark and Patrick <laughs> Lindsay and Miriam and my daughter Miriam. So uh, I do want to say we've picked some high-quality movies. The average Rotten Tomatoes is 90%, and you're going to be shocked that The Lost Boys, it brings it down because it's a 77. So, um, that's respectable for Lost Boys. That's fine. Critics are stupid. No, no, no. Critics are stupid and wrong, and that's mm. why you see critics rating bullshit like Black Panther so high, and the audiences <laughs> are like, meh, we give it a 40. <laughs> they just don't know. They're so, just being the worst. So IMDb wise, Black Panther might be a better vampire movie than The Lost Boys. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking at IMDb, which is more fan driven, you still have a vampire, vampire, and Lost Boys have a medium seven 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 point four seven point two, and then Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is down to six point nine, which art film tends to kind of suffer a little bit on IMDb. So people who've seen A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night like it less than people who've seen Vampire and Lost Boys. I guess so. Yeah. That's, that uh, doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, the Lost Boys think that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, I, okay, if you haven't seen A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, see it. Steal a yeah, car we, and see can we, it. Can we plug this? Because I think like most people have not seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it really, you really should watch it. This is a really good movie. Freaking watch it! I love yeah. it. Yeah, so I don't love it the right. most, but I love it. <laughs> um, John, are you gonna? Uh, are we ready for a uh, for our word from our sponsor? Oh, sponsor time! Let's talk sponsors, everybody. First, let me just close some of these windows here. Everybody, go. Let's start with a Facebook group. That's the easiest way to keep track of what's going on. If you're hearing this right now and somehow you're not a part of the Facebook, be a part of the Facebook group. We will give an award for the 100th Facebook group member. Uh, and <laughs> might be a t-shirt or a mug or something. But it'll be great and it'll be awesome. But uh, go ahead and go find yours, mine, and theirs on Facebook and participate in the polls there. If you want to talk to us directly, we will read your email. Go to yours, mine, theirs, podcast at gmail.com. Totally do that, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Perhaps you're catching up with old episodes, and you have a few things to say about, I don't know, Muppet's Christmas Carol that we forgot to talk about. Go ahead and message us, and we'll talk about it in a future podcast episode. That will be great. Go to yours, mine, theirs, podcast.blogspot.com. Say you just subscribed in iTunes and you can't find some of the old ones that are really hard because the feed is all weird or whatever, or you want to just download one of these directly. If, say, you want to download Podcast 76, which in which we <laughs> watch a Muppet Christmas Carol, that is right there, and it's ready for you to uh, download directly on the blog. Now go ahead and give us a call at 801 896 4542. That's 801-896-4542. Leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the podcast. Now, talk to us in any of those venues, uh, and maybe you can be a guest on the podcast next year, and you can bring three movies you want to talk about, and then, uh, you know, be subject to the polls that we do on Facebook that determine which movies, which genres we talk about. Most important, though, go to Apple Podcasts, Give us five stars, 
write a review, go to Stitcher, go to Spotify, like us there, rate us there, comment there, download there, and, uh, you know, and then, of course, tell your friends. Of course, you could tell your friends by uh, doing exactly what I just said, by rating us and everything. That helps algorithms. I don't know how the internet works, but, uh, yeah. We wouldn't mind more people hearing us. We wouldn't mind a bigger community. And we wouldn't mind us all being greater friends and making the world a better place. Anyway, that is contact information. Okay, oh, wait. And then we have to do awards now. Is it time for awards? Do awards, yeah. Let's do awards. Okay, everybody ready? Everybody sit back. It's time for awards. The non-Dracula Vampire Awards. Here we go. All right, best title, Zoe. The Lost Boys. Lost Boys. I agree. Lost Boys is a great title because you're the Peter Pan reference that you mentioned. Uh, Roy, best title. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I knew you were going to pick that one. Why it's do you over both. It's, yeah. well, it's, it's longest. Uh, it's the the longest. award is the longest title. Go ahead. And I guess Zoe and I were wrong about the longest title. <laughs> okay, it is verbose. It does tell a story in itself. That's fine. Okay, Roy, best poster. Oh, man. So I, um, They're all I like them all. Awesome. They're, They're awesome. all awesome. Yeah. But I got to tell you, the Lost Boys with the red background is just gorgeous. I love it. I love the red background of the Lost Boys, and I love Star clutching close to Kiefer Sutherland's David. So good. I'm looking at it now. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, and then the the other the rest of the boys and the Lost Boys trailing off into the background, including Laddie. Uh, I just I just love Lost Boys. Zoe, do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely, no question. Okay, I just want to take this moment to mention the vampire poster with the woman lying down with the shadow of the scythe hanging over her it's great it's great and i just i can't stand to do with the movie but it's so good (laughs) it's 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 symbolic it's cool but it's 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 an awesome poster and it sucks that the lost boys was in this because that is an awesome poster do you know what else is an awesome poster a girl walks home alone at night (laughs) it's so cool and and it's kind of it's got that you know uh, burka silhouette with the eyes and the hint of blood so and again with the red and it's it's, it looks like a comic solid it's, posters yeah anyway the, it it sucks that one of them had to win and the other two had to lose but here we are all right so Sorry. best opening credits this is going to surprise people but vampire for me okay sure vampire had pretty good opening credits I really liked them too but um. I'm. I gotta go with the Lost Boys. I, I think like after after the credits, you know exactly what 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 this movie is. I love the credits for the Lost Boys. Yeah. Oh man. Floating over the water, uh, and uh, Cry Little Sister playing, and then uh, the Lost Boys in the certain font with the red line between the Lost and so good. Boys. Uh, so good. I, I'm just going to take this moment to say, Zoe and I were in a movie one time that we made called "You Go to Hell," and we copied so good. we copied the font for "You Go to Hell" in the opening sequence. And it's not in the movie, but in the trailer for the Lost Boys, the letters come flying from outside the screen into the screen to form the Lost Boys, and we did the same thing for "You Go to Hell" based on the Lost Boys trailer. Anyway, that was the best part of that movie. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a link in. <laughs> or was it the fact it was 21 minutes long and it was genius? And I'm a terrible actor. And I'm a terrible actor. I'm a terrible actor, and I didn't even appear in You're it. You're both terrible actors. Yeah, we're, yeah it's, it's yeah. bad. Okay. Uh, Roy, best technology? Sure. Coffin with a face window to make sure they're really dead. Oh. Hey, get, dude. 
That's... Space Window Coffin was right. Ah, you son of a biscuit. <laughs> Holy it was cow. so good. Uh, I thought for sure you guys were going to pick this. I, I picked water guns filled with holy water. Uh, oh, genius. Always great. I didn't even think of that. Was it garlic-infused holy water? Yeah. It was like garlic-infused. The... It was kind of the, – the thing is what I don't like is they, they should have filled up their water guns w- – in the in the font of holy water, and then filled up their canteens, and then filled the because they they dump the holy water into the diluted normal water with the garlic, and then they filled up their yeah. water guns. I think if they filled up their water guns with holy water, then they would have gotten better results when they squirted the vampires in the face. But yeah. anyway, uh, live and learn. Uh, okay, Roy, best outfit. Sure, it's the girl from. A girl walks along. Oh, night. right. You've been talking about it this whole time. I love it. Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Zoe, best outfit. No, it is gorgeous, but it's not stinking David's outfit the entire time. So good. So punk rock. He, mm. He's like wearing the Always Sunny in Philadelphia um, duster. Like, <laughs> yeah, the duster. <laughs> but I, I, do love, I do love Michael's earring, and I love Sam calling him out on it. Michael's earring. Right. One thing I didn't catch this time is that Star gave him that earring. Somehow I missed oh, that dialogue. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was like one of the flirtatious things that they did. Wow. I just realized something. Um, okay. Um, writing something down. You haven't been recording for the last hour? Um, let me check the recording. That's a good. <laughs> I have been recording. Good. Okay. Oh, uh, well, my outfit is Tim Capello's Tim Grease Capello? and Chains. <laughs> good one. So good. Two words, Grease, Chains. <laughs> like Sergio. Yes. Uh, Sergio. So, best name, speaking of Sergio. Uh, best name for me is the b- little boy Laddie. 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 He's just it reminded me of. It reminded me of, uh, I don't know why this time, but it reminded me of uh, Robin Williams' Aladdin. Yeah. When he calls him Laddie yeah. as the genie, like that—that's what I thought of, and it made me giggle. Or oh, Laddie, okay. Uh, Roy, name. I'm going with the girl. The girl, okay. The girl. You guys are both boring this time. Okay, my favorite name is Edgar <laughs> Frog. Edgar Frog oh, Edgar is really Frog good. Yeah, I almost chose that. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, Roy. Best food. Chinese noodle worms. I knew you'd get the Chinese. Come on, I almost was not going to pick that. No, I didn't pick it because I was kind of. I'm like, I I don't like the fact that the vampires went out and got food, and it's just noodles and just rice. There was no, there was no, no protein. Like, uh, yeah, there, there was no General's chicken. There was no sweet and sour beef. Yeah, egg rolls. Yeah, Yeah, no orange chicken. But the line, they're only noodles, Michael. Like that to me, that's that's the line. Yeah, that worms. You are eating worms. <laughs> <laughs> the, and the fact that they use that scene in what we do in the shadows is just my favorite. So oh my gosh, dude, that's... <laughs> it, it's just so awesome that like twenty years later they say in what so we do in the shadows. Good. We learned that by watching Lost Boys, so like these century-old vampires. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay. Uh. No, the food I pick is uh, raw garlic on top of spaghetti. <laughs> oh, good one. Instead of the Parmesan cheese, yeah. nailed it. Yeah. All right, uh, so best alien. Okay, so this is this is kind of weird because we're talking vampires, so things are kind of alien, right? The best alien, or my favorite part of the alien, is the feet in the cave in the Lost Boys that you see them hanging oh, from. Yeah, those tiny they, little grippy toes. Yeah, the weird dangly claws. I 
of course I'd seen it before, but this is the first time where I'm like, those are the grossest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they, that, they turn yeah. it into like bat feet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. I was like, yeah. that is just gross and alien. That's a good one. I sh- that's, that's good. Okay. Roy alien. Uh, Alan Gray, who is a stranger in a, in the town that he's traveled into to find the Satanisms. Right, right. He's he's just I'm just an old time Satanist looking for some trouble. This I like that you made that plural. Uh you know what I hate? I hate maths. <laughs> uh I picked uh Sam, the younger brother in the Lost Boys, who is from Phoenix. He moves to Santa Carla and uh they ask him if he's from Krypton because, oh, yeah. yeah, he does oh, not good one. belong there. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, good one. Love it. All right. Uh, Roy, best special effects? Or sure. Effects. From Vampire, the dancing shadows or the shadows that wander off and do their own thing. Okay. I I picked specifically one of those shadows, the, the peg leg shadow. Uh, okay. of, of the guy who's okay. sitting down in his shadow eventually dances around and sits with him as as a shadow. Uh, yeah, so that's what I picked. Okay, so FX. Uh, yeah, so I we're, I guess we're all going Vampire in this one. My uh, my favorite effect from Vampire was um, the the the, the out of body experience. How they made him translucent. I thought that was I thought that looked really really cool. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, Zoe, best location? I mean, it's got to be... Okay, it's it's for me, it's got to be the, the Doors sunken hotel. Like, that place, like the, yeah. the giant gym, because I'm a huge Doors fan. Is that what fan. happened to Morrison Hotel? That, <laughs> that, that giant Jim Morrison picture, it was so iconic. And the reason I started to listen to the Doors was the, was the Lost Boys. Oh. Apparently yeah, I was that. like, I was like 10 and I was like, I'm getting the greatest hits for the doors. And I went out and I got the album and I could still sing the album. Every song word for word. I know what a clerk at a record store who, you know, who said when you say you want the great doors, greatest hits, you know what he says about that. Nope. Greatest hits are for school girls and housewives. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's that Especially, it's from kids in the hall when the guy asks for, he's like, I want to become a Doors fan. Should I start with their greatest hits? Greatest hits albums for housewives and little girls. And he throws it on the ground. (laughs) So good. Perfect for the Doors. Yeah. It's perfect. It is perfect. (laughs) Uh, Okay. We're going to get to song in a second, but Roy, location. Well, you got to get past all the darn vampires, but Santa Carla's boardwalk, I think they went there every single night. Oh, yeah. And why not? Awesome. It looks so awesome. It looks so right? cool. Yeah, I, I and, and you can smell it. The cotton oh, candy, the popcorn, the stank blood on the breath of the vampires. You could smell it. Likes <laughs> you could smell quote like somebody died. <laughs> uh, okay, now we're to song. Roy, best song. Oh, okay. Um, so hard. A couple honorable mentions, and sorry if I steal one from someone, but "Dancing Girls" by Farah. In uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh. Also, Death by White Lies, which is even better in A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. Um, but then we got to come back to The Lost Boys. And so Thank my, you. My favorite, and I, I think this might disappoint you guys, but my favorite song from the soundtrack is probably Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. It does, so. That's disappointing. That's the one bad song on the soundtrack. Oh, that is disappointing. And it's a, it's, yeah. That's well, I feel like I'm not allowed to pick I Still Believe because that one's obvious. 
So it's, I still believe is so great. It's like we made <laughs> I mean, fun of the pick. grease, but it's great. Okay, like, that is your. Are pick? you kidding me? Oh, yeah. dude, Tim Capello did this at a Comic Con like three years ago, and I have the video of it. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? He still had like a. He's still wearing his like cut off jeans vest with no shirt, and he's got armbands and like sweatbands around his wrist, and he's still doing that. <laughs> I still. He's still playing. I still believe, and he's doing the hip thrusts. Yeah. Yes, I'll take that for a dollar. That's that's awesome. I love to hear it. Send me that video, please. I'll put it in the notes. That would be so. Great. What's your pick then, John? <laughs> uh, honorable mention to um, Yerum Biu. Uh, the end credits of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I don't know if that was the one you picked, but I love nope. how it starts. It, it's kind of like an Iranian Halloween-sounding song. It's pretty good. Um, Lost in the Shadows by Lou Gran. That's such a great song. <laughs> uh, and Good Times. Going to have a good time tonight. Rock and roll music going to play all night by In Excess and Jimmy Barnes. Uh, the winner, I am going to go with People Are Strange, the cover by Echo and the Echo. It, it's such a sweet... I, I didn't pick it for scene, but the opening sequence and the closing credits of Lost Boys, it, it bookends with that song. And it's just it's just yeah. a perfect... like Another theme of vampirism not fitting in, I suppose. Love it. So, uh, okay. Uh, best guest, Roy. So I'm, uh, and I had to look at people who haven't been on any of our podcasts before. I think we're kind of settling on that. That is the idea here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going with Jamie Gertz, who plays Star, who has never been on any of our movies before. Really? We've never watched Explorers on this podcast? Nope. Weird. We've never watched Twister? Let's see. What else is she in? No, sir. All right. Uh, okay. Zoe, best guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, for me, the the best guest was, where is she? I can't remember her name. The old, <laughs> the old <laughs> vampire, supposedly <laughs> that they ended up killing at the coffin with the giant pole vault. Hopefully, like, she was the vampire. Everyone was confused <laughs> because I don't know who she was or why they stabbed her with a stake. Yeah, that was the best guest. That made me count. so. The idea was that they opened up the coffin and her body still looked fresh, so she must yeah. be a vampire. Yeah. Which, by the way, this was something that that happened a lot, where they would exhume a body, yes. and if it was still fresh, they were like, vampire! But as it turns out, that in the winter, the ground is cold and it preserves yep. bodies. <laughs> yep. So anyway. Ah, it would have sucked to dig up in the winter then. That's yeah. yeah. That would have been yeah. hard work. They're all vampires! What's going on? <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, and Roy, you said, okay, my guest is... Anna Lily Amirpour, the director of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. She played the girl on a skateboard in the long shots because uh, Anna Lily Amirpour is a lifelong skateboarder, according to IMDb trivia. But more importantly, when Arash goes to the rave and he's after that girl that he likes, who who, you know, he prunes, um, Anna Lily Amarpour is the skeleton party girl in the visor that takes drugs from him. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Okay. Uh, Good one. Roy, best external recurring character, please. Okay. I could try to be clever, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, give it to Corey Feldman, who has been in 10 movies that we've watched so far. <laughs> so thank you, Corey. Uh, Dream a Little Dream 2, Dream a Little Dream, Stand By Me, Friday the 13th, Final Chapter. The Burbs. The Burbs. <laughs> the burbs. 
<laughs> that was more than I thought, actually. Yeah. I'm like, you're exaggerating, but we could probably think of two more. <laughs> okay, uh, Zoe, external recurring character. Uh, to the, I, I said the two Corys. Okay, the two Corys. Yeah, I thought about oh, doing the two Corys for Dream a Little Dream, too. Uh, okay, I am going to go ahead and pick... Uh, my honorable mention is Alex Winter, who plays the little yeah, vampire Marco, Marco, but he was in two Bill and Ted's movies that we watched. But I'm going to go with Kiefer Sutherland, also in Stand By Me, with Corey Feldman as the weird oh, very good. bully. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Roy, best internal recurring character. What happened between these three movies? So two-thirds of the way there for one that I think one of you guys is going to pick. Um, but I'm going to go with Crazy Old Men uh, that spans all three of them. Um, my favorite being uh, the grandpa from Santa Clara, but um, Crazy Old Man feature in all three movies. Okay. Uh, so, internal. <laughs> I was not clever at all because I was like, the vampires! Vampires. <laughs> yes, I thought about picking the vampires. <laughs> I just like, the vampires! I was like, John and Roy are going to come up with something clever. I, I actually, this, I left this one blank, but I wrote, I jotted down a couple things during this. My honorable mention goes to a potential love interest administering a pierced ear to like the person they like. Oh, look at you. Yeah. And oh that star does that to uh, Michael, Amazing. and then the girl does that to Arash. Sure. Or, or no, Arash does that to the girl. He pierces her ears. Yeah. Um, but the winner is each... All three of us using the word "sucks" in our intros. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, good for you. So no one meant. No one decided to choose for their internal recurring character the Peter Pan references that that crossed over two of these films. Uh, shoot, what was the Peter oh. Pan reference in "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night"? No, not Vampire. Vampire has the shadows that, that oh, move the about sh- on their own. No, no, no. That's right. You did mention that. Okay, yeah. Oh, the shadows moving on their sad. own, and then. Yeah, the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Perfect. Good oh my smart. That's really smart. Why yeah. didn't you use yeah. that one? Uh because I just knew for sure one of you would, but you guys aren't as smart as I give you credit for. So Oh, not even close, dude. I'm That's so true. You hear me talk. Yeah. Okay. Uh Zoe. Death. <gasps> I mean, it's gotta be only one answer, right? And that is death by stereo. Oh, nice. that's my honorable mention. That is really good. Yeah. And your honorable mention? So I had it in my head that it was Corey Feldman that says that, but it's not. It's Corey Haynes oh, that Corey delivers Haynes that line. Yeah. yeah, so I, I went with Drowned in Flower. I thought about was it flower that's or was awesome. it cocaine? I don't know. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was... It, it, it's cocaine, but it's laced with flour, probably. Yeah. Uh, no, the um, I went with okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne who? Dwayne the tub. I'm drowning in holy water. <laughs> that would have worked so well if that character's oh, that name is Dwayne. But no, the death by stereo character is named Dwayne. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but. Paul. Paul was the one Paul. who drowned in the garlic tub, and his eye fell out. Oh, yeah. See? Wow. Yeah. You guys are too smart for me. Uh, okay. Uh, Roy, best villain. Well, it's the pimp. He's, oh. Yeah, he's the kind of villain where you're like, when is this guy going to die? <laughs> <laughs> when am, when am I going to see his dying, horrified face? Because that's something I look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Zoe, best villain. 
So honorable mention is going to be Max, right? Because he had pictured, you know, Lucy as being, you know, the mother to his lost boys. And he was so crafty about it, right? He all, yeah. he's almost there. Well, 95% okay, wait, of the way there. Be- before you get to yours, I'm just going to say Max is my answer. Not because That's- he's the head vampire and he's murdering people all over Santa Carla, but because he is Lucy's boss and he asked her out on a date. And <laughs> Oh, snap. That- <laughs> That's that's just just that's Crossing inappropriate power usage. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, good. Uh, yep, yeah, as uh, yes, that very good. Madbeard, that's a good one. Um, the 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 villain here is the lack of exposition in Vampire because I don't know what happened. Still, <laughs> that's it. Oh I man, just wanted to yell that just to make it perfectly clear. I, I'm so glad I was the one who summed up Vampire. I thought it was like, <laughs> it was, I thought it was pretty much there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. All right, uh, Zoe. While you're talking, best hero. So, honorable mention uh, is the Frog Brothers. Um, just because they try and take credit for a kill that. No, no, no. Uh, Sam's dog. Oh, his, dog's name? Nanook. Nanook. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't good. think of it. It just, That's it just good. left. Uh, Nanook is my hero. Yeah, good, good. companion, Nanook. Yeah. Uh, Roy Hero. Grandpa. Grandpa, half vampire grandpa who impaled Max with a giant fence. <laughs> That's great. Okay, um, my hero is who I call the the hat servant in Vampire who uh, helped Alan. I think the hat servant is the one who set up the trap where he locked uh, the doctor into the, the flower the elevator flower? thing. Yeah. <laughs> hat servant. <laughs> Doesn't even get a name. He, uh, uh, he asks for no recognition. He's a great noble <laughs> hero of the time. Great. Okay, uh, Roy, best goof. Sure. In The Lost Boys, Alan... Frog calls Laddie Eddie Munster, but as you know, Eddie is a werewolf and not a vampire. Hmm. Did you notice um, that was one line that I, I especially noticed this time? The Frog Brothers obviously just don't have experience with vampires at all because they also <laughs> believe that various members of City Hall are ghouls and werewolves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Zoe, best goof. I didn't notice a goof. Okay, I have three for you. You can choose. Oh, one okay, of these. perfect. Okay, honorable mention to in. Okay, two from a girl walks home alone at night. When you go into the girl's room, there's a poster of Madonna on the wall, but it's not Madonna. It's someone else, but it's just it's just no. displayed. Irene Madonna. It's it's oh, like that's just some awesome. weird reconstituted fake Madonna poster. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, and also, her f- vampire fangs, even though you guys do appreciate her lack of makeup elsewhere, she has... Lost Boys did it right. If you notice Kiefer Sutherland's teeth are the two side teeth, just separate from his two middle teeth, but the girl's fangs are her canine teeth. Those are werewolf teeth, not vampire teeth. Vampire teeth are her one-tooth in toward the Are center. Are those the bicuspids? Yes. Uh, is it the bicuspids? It's like the two the two biting teeth and then the two teeth next to that are the bicuspids, right? Is that it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, I don't know. That is... What the hell? I What? That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. no. You got, it. You got like... it. It's the, it's the two side teeth there. Yeah. 
that, honestly, that I think I think what we're not calling out is that Madbeard has become the Professor Frank of vampires. <laughs> the secret of vampires is love. <laughs> Uh, that's so good no no the winner my favorite goof though is in Lost Boys they zoom into the uh, Jim Morrison cave from the outside and then when the vampires fly out of the cave they zoom out and the waves are going in reverse oh that's amazing yeah because they just used the same shot again they played it in reverse and the waves are going in reverse it does look kind of dreamy and weird so that's cool okay Wow. Uh, awesome. Zo, best LOL laugh out loud moment. It, for me, and again, I've already mentioned this, it's death by stereo. It's the most ridiculous line. <laughs> Fair enough. Roy. So same moment, but when he's getting electrocuted, his hand actually pops off. <laughs> <laughs> like his hand got electrocuted off of his body, and I thought that was pretty Wow, funny. same moment. Okay, Funny enough, this has been mentioned already, but my laugh-out-loud moment is the last line of The Lost Boys when Grandpa nice. says, I never could stomach all the damn vampires, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Roy, D minor, what's the saddest of all moments? Uh, when junkie Grandpa shoots up the prostitute against her will. Dude, that is such a rough sequence. Yeah. Yeah. That is just like... And again, I think because it's so beautifully filmed in the black and white, the choices she makes, it makes it that much more that that great dude. No, I'm taking that one too. That's a great moment. (laughs) No, that's a great moment. I love that because my, my, my moment was the missing children, like all of the missing children in Santa Carla that you see it like kind of moves past that, but you see the missing children there's like two or three times where it shows the missing little posters. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Says, no, but the prostitute one. That's a good call. And right? it shows that old fat mustache child who was working as a security <laughs> guard on the missing children poster. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, actually, that was really sad because his wife put up that poster. And it's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, my saddest moment is actually when Arash takes the ecstasy from the girl he likes – and then she's dancing, and she's, you know, and you could see from his vision, and it, and it looks beautiful and perfect, and it's the perfect moment, but then she just is, but then she denies him, and then he's sad. He's got ecstasy sad for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Zoe, best scene. Go ahead and say it. I mean, is there, uh, anytime I say this, I speak in absolutes, but dude, the carnival with Tim Capello playing i still believe like holy i have sent that gif out hundreds of times to everybody yes yeah that's uh it's one of my favorite scenes of cinema alas will it make my list first we hear from roy what's your best scene i'm taking where the pimp gets killed um I, I love it because like he's so shocked that all of a sudden he doesn't have the power and then he becomes like this blathering baby, right? And 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 she just destroys him and it's just wonderful. And it's she bites off his finger and then she like slowly pops the finger out of her mouth and then she sticks it in his mouth. Yeah. And it's wonderful. <laughs> that's a good scene. That's no, good that's scene. great. Okay. My scene is also from A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. No. And I did not 
I did not pick this as my best song, but this is just so brilliant. Roy, you mentioned it as an honorable mention, but Death by White Lies, when he goes and they just play that song, and it's just static, they don't move, but it's the perfect, it's the kind of needle drop song, they're the kind of needle drop song where you're like, oh, hey, I recognize this song, I love this song. And but this one, it's like I've never heard this song before, but I recognize this song. I recognize yeah. this moment, and it's just the perfect spinning of the light. There's the disco ball that's spinning around, and the camera's not moving, and it's just watching them react. And his neck is up, and she leans into him, and is she going to bend her her head up and bite him, or is she going to bend it down and huddle up to him? And she does the second thing, and it's like two 13-year-olds falling in love. And I think it's just one of those cinematic magical moments. I just love it. That scene is why I picked the movie, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of wish we'd listened, heard that song a couple weeks ago. Well, I know. I, I don't feel – I think the song is really great, and it has a really great title called Death. But I think it's actually really great because it's not a Halloween song. It's a song that takes them out of Halloween, you okay. know? It's, it's a it's a brilliant soulful pop song that <laughs> removes them from Bad City in a way. That's why I like it. Okay. All right, Roy, best actor. It's Corey Haim. Wow! I thought he he acted the crap out of his character. I loved it. Holy cow! <laughs> Go Corey! <laughs> yeah. Now I remember if you remember when we watched uh, Dream a Little Dream and we determined that Corey Haim was like. Far better than Corey Feldman. Far better than yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! It, it's There's I no think question. I think the Corey Haim story is tra- you know maybe Corey Haim shouldn't have met up with Corey Feldman. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I don't know. He maybe if he were on his own, he could have actually become an actor rather than Corey Feldman's friend. Known yeah. for that, I don't know. But Corey Feldman is really good in in Stand by Me, but like all of his other movies, he's just kind of there. Right? Yeah, I, I totally. Oh, I love yeah. In the Burbs. Uh, no, he's he's good in the Burbs. I think he's not good in the Burbs. Film. We went over this last. He's week. good in the Burbs. He's he's the worst part of the Burbs. He, oh my god, he's gosh. good in the Burbs. He's not Bruce good. Dern is the best in that. Bruce Dern is the Bruce best. Dern is so good in that movie. Why are you talking to that kid? He's a the kid's a meatball. I love that line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so who who's your best actor, though? It's I love the Corey Haim pick and I hadn't considered that. Honestly, I um an honorable mention to me is 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 Jason Patrick because he's he, he's he's good once every fifteen years. And I think he's really good as the brooding older brother. But I just love this damn movie so much and for me I love the Keith. He's my he was my best actor. I just oh. Not Kiefer Sutherland's so good. I I love him as David. Like he's so he's the villain until the end, and he's not the villain. I personally think that Julia Roberts' greatest mistake was leaving Kiefer Sutherland at the altar for Jason Patrick. (laughs) I I just I think it should have just gone the opposite. Should have gone the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Okay. My favorite actor. Honorable mention to Sheila Vond, who plays the girl. Yeah, she's great. She's really good, and she's her her eyes have the innocence and they have the wickedness that we need in the character. But the winner, Tim Capello. <laughs> ah, 
Nailed it. Still believe. Damn it. Nailed it. Still believe. <laughs> I still believe. That's so good. Okay. Um, I am going to... Uh, okay, let's skip to that. Okay, best titular line. This is where I have this. Um, okay, okay uh, Roy, best titular. Sure, from A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, when the pimp says, Hey you, a girl who walks home alone at night, do you want to see how many curls I just did? <laughs> Very nice. I missed that one, but I'm glad you caught it. Uh, Zoe, do you have a titular line? No. Okay. No, there, I, there was literally, there was not a literal one, correct? There was not a literal one. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so, except for this one. I do have this one here. And this is one of those cross-movie titular lines that I love. And that's when uh, Sam says to Michael, You're a GD shiz-sucking vampire, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it would have been better had the grandpa said, you know, his final line, all the damn lost boys. Like, that's where he should have said it. <laughs> no, that'd be good. Uh, okay, best quote. So. Uh, I mean, seriously, it's it's got to be grandpa's line, like final line. Like, death by stereo, I love GD crap sucking vampire like that's great like there's so many great lines in the lost boys but i think grandpa's line is it yeah it is it's grandpa's final line see it's funny because you guys picked death by something else is is, what'd you pick for the death scene no oh yeah lol and now that lol yeah see but now i choose the quote is death by stereo that's what i choose oh good good for you so we kind of switched those two around yeah so um but i honorable mention really quick to arash saying to the girls sad songs hit the spot don't they which is just a (laughs) great line Okay, um, let's let's ask some questions now. Do you guys have any questions hey, left over? Did did you intentionally sp- uh, skip the best what the heck moment? Oh, I did not intentionally skip that. I checked it off without realizing I skipped it. Okay, yeah. let's okay. let's do what the heck moment. You go ahead. Yeah, well, it's Grandpa injecting heroin in between his toes. Mm-hmm. Like I've th- that is so disgusting. But also, I will say, baby skeletons all over the the house and vampire. I love There's it. Lots of baby skeletons. I love, it's just great decoration. That's what they decorate. You hire a decorator, they're like, have you thought about skeletons? Because, you know, they didn't have baby. mid-century modern back then. <laughs> uh, okay, so best what the heck moment. <laughs> the skeletons, that's so good. Um, I was, I, the entirety of vampire, but yeah. for me it was the pole vaulting into the coffin to kill... <laughs> Like, I still am like, what the hell is happening? See, well, the thing is, according to most vampire lore, you know, that we know of, we always assume it has to be a wooden stake because of natural or something. But what if it were an iron stake? And it's like, before you say, hey, iron doesn't work, what if I told you it was a foot wide and 13 feet tall? (laughs) Would that do it? I think it would. Uh, okay, my what the heck moment is honorable mention to the the entire dream sequence of Vampire because that's meant to be what the heck moment, sure. Yeah. yeah. But the big one, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet, is when Michael goes out with the Lost Boys and they hang on the train tracks and they all fall into the mist, and he falls, assumingly to his death, 
but then he on his bed falls just magically on his bed. Yeah, like how well, did he the get train home? tracks were above his bed. Yeah, the well, train tracks were right there. Maybe yeah. Like okay, so okay, this kind of goes back to the goof. I actually had this thought. Now you're talking about that. I had this thought when I was watching Lost Boys. Um, the goof and like what the heck moment. The the lights from the dirt bikes. Oh, okay. How it's like, and then it's like all lights and it's all like, there's a thousand of them and then they all disappear and everything goes quiet. And I'm like, are we, is it like the invisible man or dirt bikes or like what's, <laughs> well, like, what's happening? We David Copperfield, these this things, is, what's this happening? Is, they, oh, look, listen, so this is really obvious. The Lost Boys, they're a biker gang. But sometimes, at night, when they want to terrorize Michael's house, they remove the car batteries from the bikes. They remove <laughs> the headlight attachment. They put those on their backs, and they're holding the lights as they're flying around in front of Michael's house as vampires. Oh, man. That doesn't sound like a guy raspberrying his lips. That sounds like a motorcycle. <laughs> they have Marco, they have Marco like, on all the bikes, revving the bikes. Like, at the front <laughs> gate, while the other vampires are flying smart. around with the bike lights. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. That's so great. See? Oh, man. I guess that could be my unanswered question, is, like, the bike thing. I, I don't... That, for me, was, like, it's rattling the house and everything, and it's a muck, and then all of a sudden, that's what, they, that's what they're doing. It's yeah. a singular individual. It's Marco revving 15 motorbikes at once. And they're flying around with the lights. Yeah, genius. Yeah, okay. but That's this is fine. this is what I like about new modern vampires. They also have a control of bikes, of motorcycles. <laughs> That's part of the vampire power. Uh, okay. Right. So it, it's motorbike van, ventriloquism. I love it. This is perfect. Yeah. Uh, Roy, did you have any questions to ask? Yeah, a couple. What was the deal with the with uh, Mark Twain? <laughs> was he a vampire? Did he just like to help the vampires? Like what was it? What what's his what's his deal? I, I guess. think he was a half vampire under the sway okay. of um, Marguerite Chopin. Um, also, because they asked why he comes at night, I think that was like okay, the, yeah. So there's also a chair in the movie Vampire that has a trough in the middle. Maybe that's not an unanswered question, but I assume that's so you can pee into your chair. Well, especially because they lived up. in horrific times. You might be sitting in a chair and you might be like, ah. <laughs> and so you don't want to like you, you guys know, forgot to clean your chair <laughs> ruin the chair so you have to hole in the chair yeah there you go well those are all my unanswered questions okay um i've been asking the unanswered questions throughout what's the deal yeah, with the pit of bodies um what star's plan when she was supposed to kill michael even though max wanted michael as his new son and why was vampire lee harvey oswald shoot the guy in the manor <laughs> um Okay, but the I don't know if we answer this, but the Lord of the Manor, why did he give Alan the vampire book but say, don't open this until I die? Because maybe it would be a good idea yeah, to know about on. vampires before the guy died, before maybe a vampire thought, shot him with a rifle. Yeah, maybe he thought, I'm the man of the house, I should, I should take care of this myself, right? Mm. Toxic masculinity, not being willing oh, to snap. ask for help until it's too oh, late. Snap. That might be it. Yep, yeah, got it. Yeah. That might be it. Men so are the worst. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, what... Okay, we're to taglines now, please. Um, what is your favorite tagline from these movies? And please provide your alternate taglines for each of these movies. 
So the best tagline, because it's the only one I saw on the poster, and unless you count like a quote from a critic, is sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die. It's fun to be a vampire from the right. Lost Boys. Well, that, yeah, yeah. That's the one Okay. So my alternates while Zoe's gathering himself is from Vampire, the night grows dark, gather all the flower you can. <laughs> um, from the Lost Boys, comic books will save your life or horny grandpas. And a girl walks home alone at night, and I just put cat zooks. Cat zooks, nice. Yeah. Did you guys also read that the comic comic shop in the Lost Boys? It really exists, even though it may have been a recreation. The, Still exists. The vampire comic book, Vampires Everywhere, number one, that the Frog Brothers give to uh, Corey Haim. That is a real comic book that exists only for the movie. They produced the comic book for the movie. Oh, that's and only amazing. one of them exists, and apparently the owner of the comic book shop owns it in real life. And if you go there, I guess somewhere in Santa Cruz, like somewhere downtown Santa Cruz at this comic book shop, he'll let you uh, take pictures of the thing and look through the comic book free of charge if you go there. Yeah. So I'd like to try that and look through Vampires Are Everywhere. So, uh, Zoe, taglines. Okay, so oh, I, I thought I had found a tagline for... Uh, vampire, but nope, it was just it was a part of a review. So well, there's kind I, of only one tagline, which is the one that Roy said. The one that Roy said. Okay, yeah. yeah so I, I thought I had grabbed something, and I thought it was being clever, but I was being a dummy. It was just a review. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I clicked off of it. Okay, so tagline for vampire is not as good as Nosferatu, but we talk a bit more. <laughs> Lost Boys. Um, hold on, let me look at my notes. Notes are okay. So the 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 Lost Boys is Lost Boys question mark. Hmm. <laughs> and for girl walks home alone, pimp meets girl, girl meets pimp, girl eats people, people are in bad city. <laughs> You've got to read it like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, it's That's not. Good. Yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> okay, my vampire tagline is "For real, you'll fear for your life." Okay, and all the they're all spelled all with wise. wise. Yeah, all wise. wise. Nice it's one. kind of a good visual. One. Yeah. Um, okay, Lost Boys tagline. In the end, they were no longer Lost Boys. They were Lost Men. <laughs> 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 uh, girl walks home alone at night tagline now you know why unassuming reserved Muslim women wear those burqas <laughs> why well because they're vampires that's and they'll kill you oh yeah too sure yeah uh, okay now, uh, I might sideline you with a couple of these special awards but special awards Zoe scariest moment okay scariest moment for me was also saddest moment and that was grandpa shooting up prostitute that God, that that like that yeah. anyway that, that that to me was the scariest moment yeah okay uh right well, none of these movies are particularly frightening right no, no like jump scares or anything but i'm gonna go with killing the pimp probably pretty hurt that's a horrific moment i suppose yeah that's a good one okay killing I... the pimp uh tie for me but um, two moments from A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, and first is when we mentioned that the girl threatens the little, the little boy with, be good or I'll oh, yeah. suck your eyes out or something. Yeah, yeah. Whatever she says. 
Um, and she's got a... Yeah, she looks really mean. And also at the very end of that movie, when Arash gets the girl to go with him, and he has his new love, and he's going to start his new life, but then he sees the cat and realizes what she is and who she killed. Yeah. Okay. Roy, best vampire. I want to choose the girl so badly, but I think I have got to, to go with David from The Lost Boys. Yeah, David's good. So. Oh my gosh. When you say it like that, that means you're not going to pick David, but David is the answer. David. I did no, I'm David. talking to... No, John. Oh, John. No, no, okay. no, no. The way that John was like, I could tell. Like, oh yeah, that was good. That's my honorable mention. He's going to choose the girl. John's going to say the guy that got pole vaulted or the girl. The guy. Honorable mention to David. I do it! And the girl and to Laddie <laughs> and to Star and to Michael and to Max. <laughs> you went with Van Peary. And to... Ms. Chopin, but no, my best vampire oh. is Dwayne. Uh, and <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne is the death by stereo vampire. I actually dressed up as Dwayne, I think, Halloween 2002. Um, I was Dwayne for Halloween. That's funny. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. Dang it. All right. Roy, which of these vampires is least like Dracula? I think I'm going Max because he's not sexy or attractive or Dracula-y at all. He's a frumpy, middle-aged 80s guy. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's a good point. He, well, very unassuming. Dracula is yeah. like, hey, do you suppose that guy's a, a vampire guy? <laughs> with the inner, with the black cape, with the inner trim of red and the fangs <laughs> and the pale face and the widow's peak? In the castle? Do you suppose that guy's a vampire? In the castle. Yeah. (laughs) The broken battlements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Zoe, who's your least like Dracula? Uh, The the chick from... Dead chick from Vampire. (laughs) Yeah. So least like Dracula. So unassuming, you two. You just... You guys... You guys just totally fell victim to the whole thing where uh, a guy and his son get in a car accident and then they rush to the hospital and then the hospital doctor goes i can't operate on this boy he's my son and you're like what's going on well you know what that doctor is his mom you sexist you didn't even realize that the the vampire was the woman in the movie that's you too as, that's you as you're saying that i'm thinking it was totally sexist <laughs> i'm just kidding katie if you listen to this ever i'm kidding i'm serious uh no katie listens very carefully she will she will talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my least like Dracula. I went with David um, because you know Dracula. He's the old school. He's the formal. But David, he's got his duster. He's got the blonde hair. He's got the, uh, you know the yeah the yeah. flat top mullet. It's epic. The Brian Bosworth cut. I love it. <laughs> the boss. The boss. He sports the boss. <laughs> I, I just realized something I've always wondered about Lost Boys that I forgot to bring up in questions, but this is a question I have every single time I watch Lost Boys. Why wasn't Boz in it? When yes, that one first of all. Second of all, when like David has that like kind of scruff the whole movie, and then when Michael kills David. And he stabs him with the antlers, and then Max comes down and looks at 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 David, and he like looks at his face, and he's just got the most cherubic like face, and absolutely no facial hair anymore. The facial hair retreated up into him. (laughs) What is the deal with that? Because I would have, I would think that once you die as a vampire, like your hair suddenly comes out because you don't have like that like immortal 
immortality. Yeah, sure. so what happened yeah. to David is more like your classic werewolf scenario, right? Okay, so it's a little bit – maybe David was a little bit a werewolf. Huh. Could he have been like eighth at werewolf possibly? We need, a Maury po- was, we need Maury Povich on. Who's the father? <laughs> <laughs> if he was canoodling with some of the, the ghouls and werewolves in City Hall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. Uh, the perfect sequel, but instead <laughs> they made the tribe. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, the Lost Boys sequels, it's like, how can they they're possibly so be the worst movie more? You have to yeah. watch the episode so of the two Corys where they're trying to film the tribe and it's a disaster. <laughs> really? I might have to watch that. I'll have to check that out. So terrible. Uh, okay, so Battle Royale. Which vampire wins? Yeah, so you would call it Battle Royale. Okay. Okay, I called it uh, Dracula, or it's Dracula, uh, Vampire Thunderdome. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, so you've got terrible vampire dead woman who's dead. Okay. She's, but I mean, it seems like her powers, she doesn't necessarily need to be alive and moving around uh, to like possess. I don't know. Was there a possession piece? Because that was, was the Mark Twain guy under her spell? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But she was biting. if (laughs) If you put him on Thunderdome. I just it's uh, it's gotta be it's freaking gotta be Max because really? he's just he's just he's got the here's the thing he's got dumpy dad bod strength mm, under yeah. the 80s terrible sweaters and loafers he's got the dad bod strength no mm. one else has that so and I've got dad bod strength so <laughs> I know <laughs> so it's interesting because I, the Lost Boys vampires can fly. So that's that's a big advantage, mm. um, but I think the girl is easy to be overlooked, and um, and also I think she has some she, her speed is a uh, is a big asset. I think she moves really fast. So I think I'm giving the slight edge to the girl. No, you're not, because we've all watched <laughs> the WNBA at least a little piece or women's soccer, and I'm sorry, this is sexist, but the girl's not winning. All right, oh. I'm going to edit all that out, but whatever. If I forget, <laughs> I apologize to everybody in oh. human being existence. Um, okay. I, Roy, I think you make a good point. Um, that's totally where I went. The thing is, the girl oh was gosh. never bested in combat. Like, yeah. no one touched her as far as, you know, taking her down, like, by force, like, or physically or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, if she really? chose to fight, she would win. Does she survive the duster? No, she does not. Does she survive? <laughs> does she survive dad bod's drink? No, she doesn't. Does she survive dead woman and vampire? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You guys okay, are speaking wrong. I'm of, sorry. Wrong. Uh, I didn't tell you guys about this award, but I'm just going to go ahead and say mine. If you choose to participate, you can. But um, I gave the award for the cleanest vampire to Marguerite Chopin. Um, because, okay. As you know, my big vampire pet peeve is vampires require the lifeblood essence of human beings to survive. And so, why do they get the blood everywhere? Why do they get it everywhere but down their throat? It's just all over their clothes, all over their (laughs) face. They just can't keep it in their mouth. They should keep it in their mouth. They need to preserve preserve that life-giving essence. And so, do better vampire. That's all I'm saying. Cleanest vampire, Marguerite Chopin. I'll skip ahead to the next one. Okay. Best Halloween costume, Roy. Well, um, it's 
the best Halloween costume is the slave to the saxophone. Okay, that's that. So yeah, that's a good. If you were to dress up as any one of these movies, it would be Tim Capello singing. A I have the body for it. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. That's what I do again. All right. So best costume. I mean, David is a honorable mention, but I mean, Tim Capello, he's got chains and grease and nipples <laughs> and saxophone. Yes. Okay. So much thrusting. <laughs> Not enough thrusting could be argued. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. It would be nice to and just the get ponytail. a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the damn ponytail. That's the thing about, like, that's the thing I can't stomach about the Lost Boys is all the damn ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tim Capella's so good. He's so good. What a dude. great song. Man. So epic. So many great mm. songs. Okay, my Halloween costume. I already mentioned that I dressed in the past as Dwayne, one of the Lost Boys. Dwayne. Ones. Okay. Um, so I'm putting that aside. I'm picking someone who actually is dressed as a costume in this movie, and that's Anna Lily Amirpour, who dressed as a party yeah. skeleton with a visor. Oh, oh, oh you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah, she wants a skeleton with a visor, and she, uh, I thought it looked pretty cool. It was a pretty cool costume. Cool. End of awards. Yeah. All right. Let's rank these Good. suckers. Ooh. All right. So um, who goes first? I'll go who, first. Okay, so go first. What's number three? The guest. Uh, number three is Vampire. What? Okay, fine. Uh, Roy, what's number three? Isn't this my category? Why don't you go ahead and do your number three? Okay, I'll do my number three. My number three is... You know what? It's a good movie, okay? But Vampire. It was going against a couple of behemoths, so... <laughs> okay, Vampire. Okay. So, I, I guess uh, coming back around, so... Um, Okay, so my number two is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night because there The Lost Boys is so good. Right, yeah. I think we might all agree because I will go ahead and agree with you. Lost Boys, this was a great viewing for me and I love this movie. And a girl, I'll just say this, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is a movie I love but it just does not have the emotional baggage over several oh decades gosh. that The Lost Boys has with me. <laughs> like, like so, I, so I started to watch this uh, the other night Roy and I've got a text there with like Rhett and Scott and some of the guys you know and, and John and uh, that's what I did is I freaking threw the screenshot up of me watching Lost Boys. <laughs> I was so excited and then it was a 30 minute conversation about Lost Boys and then Rhett started to watch it and Alexis jumped into the conversation and threw in some and I'm just like dude this is why Lost Boys is so perfect. Mm. It's because we all get excited about it and everyone knows saxophone. Everyone <laughs> knows noodles. Like it's just so perfect. So, yeah. yeah. It's a really great movie. It is so good. All right. Well, that's pretty right. exciting. Cool. All right. We are done. Perfect unison. Podcast <laughs> proper is finished. We've wrapped up non-Dracula vampires, and we've wrapped up that category. We're never going to talk about non-Vampire, non-Dracula vampires nope. again. Aw. So nope, never again. That'll be sad. Okay, but we are a third of the way through our Halloween extravaganza with So as usual, next week... And I say next week, literally. Usually when I say next week, I mean in the next two weeks. But next week, because we're recording in a week, uh, we are doing Girl Monsters. And the movies we are watching, Cat People, no, not the one with the David Bowie song. (laughs) (laughs) Cat People from 1942. And Mm. we are also watching The Faculty, the... um, The Robert Rodriguez movie, right? It's Robert Rodriguez. I chose that. Yes, it is. I chose that one. I did. Yeah, yeah. and... 
Of course, we are watching Us from, I believe, the year 2019. Yes, the uh, Jordan Peele movie Us, which is was my favorite movie that year. I'll just say that. Um, I have not seen any of these movies, and wow. that's amazing. So I'm very excited. This is going to be an exciting week for the Roy Man. Cool. Ooh. All right, so that is coming up, Girl Monsters. Now, we do have to decide the final week of the Zoe Halloween Extravaganza 2022, and yeah. the Part Three season of the Zoe. Yes, uh, <laughs> these are Stephen King movies. Uh, we're going to leave it wide open. We're not going to be picky about this. There are a lot of movies to choose from. And according to the rule book, I believe I have to pick first. Yes, you do. All right. Well, way does sideline mean we're not watching The Mist, I guess, because I have to pick The Shining. We're watching The Shining. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, thank you so much. I know, I know. And I I know if I picked The Mist, you would have had to pick The Shining, but I couldn't risk it. Yeah, if you hadn't picked The Shining, I would have picked The Shining. I knew it. But that makes me so happy because I really, really am excited to watch the original Carrie. Oh, are you really excited to watch the original Carrie? You've I never am, seen sir. the original Carrie. I've seen it, and I really like it, and I'm excited to do it. I don't remember. The, uh, I, I remember that first scene pretty well, I guess, but I don't remember a lot of the other stuff. Okay. All right, Zoe, what's the third movie? Does anybody have any guesses what I'm going to choose? Um, well, it would be fascinating to do Dr. Sleep. Um, I, I thought you might pick Dr. Sleep. That was that was probably a guess I'd make. I think The Dead Zone would be misery? possible, too. Yeah, oh, Misery. Also, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> so Misery, yep, uh, great. Loved it. Watched it a couple of days ago. Uh, but I am choosing, ready for this, from 1983. Oh. Chris, Christine. Directed Christine. by John Carpenter. Christine. Okay, awesome. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. good. These so are we classic. Got Carrie and Christine. So, oh yeah, this is like seriously. So like, we get almost like the first three versions of Stephen King movies. Almost. So we get Stanley Kubrick. We get Brian De Palma. We get John Carpenter directing Stephen King movies. Oh wow, that is quite. The Triumvirate. Uh, the director's ensemble. Okay, that's perfect. It really is. It really is. <laughs> okay, I'm actually good. very excited. Good, oh, good exciting. recovery. Good recovery. I'm actually super excited for this category because yeah. yes, I've already, I already watched Shine this year. Doesn't matter. Going to rewatch it. But honestly, I'm super excited for these three movies. Holy crap! Yeah, great movies. <laughs> great job. As I look at the time right now, we're recording at two, two hours thirty seven minutes. That's perfect. Oh my gosh, for Shining. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. You better All right. Stop it. So. so Future categories would be the next piece of business, but okay. um, it's just JB. JB will pick three films JB picks that he's never seen before. That he's never seen before, which, yeah, oh, okay, this could be the, the somehow he'll find the three worst movies he's never heard of. <laughs> That's fine, and that he's is so one hundred and two. That is podcast one hundred and one. Is Jeremy's? Is is JB's, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Which is so amazing of of all the one hundred and one comments that he's ever made on Facebook. Yeah, just kind of he he willed that into place. And then podcast one hundred and two was what? Podcast one hundred and two. I don't know. Next uh, podcast, we'll discuss possible categories for JB to have to suffer through. But oh, not now. gosh. Okay, yeah. We don't have any more business then. Okay. Nope, no more business. That's All it. right, gentlemen. Okay. Well, we only have a week to uh, watch Bad Girl. What are they called? Bad Evil Girl? Evil? Evil Monster, evil monster Girl? girl? Monster bad, girl? bad Monster Girls. I'll just say it again. <laughs> Cat People, The Faculty, and Us. 
Love it. Oh, those will be fun. Okay, Roy hasn't seen that any of those. Okay, great. well, that's it. That's it. Okay, I gotta get going, you guys. Hi, gents. So, alright. Well, it's been a um, pleasure. You guys are the best. You guys yeah, are the best. This is yours. Keep it there. Scary. Goodbye. I assume you guys have greetings. Yeah. It sucks, but I have one. Uh, agreed. Um, okay, so that's going. We good? Mm-hmm. So you can still hear us? Yes, I can. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even... <laughs> 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 that was a total Chevy Chase moment. You can say this? Yep. Fuck you. Let's go. Okay. Okay, here we go. Hey, welcome everyone.